jam its transmissions. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come. The coordinates track the beam that's pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars on Direct Voice of Star Wars Fandom for this wonderful edition number 77 on this February 26, 2006. Two days, that's two days, ladies and gentlemen, before the release of Triple Zero. And do not tell me that I just look like Richard Nixon going for four more years with my, like, two fingers in the air. Yeah, well, sort of. But no, I was going to point out that 77 was a key year. It was hey, because it's, it's the year that act that you know Star Wars came out. Just dawned on me like that, you know. So, and thank God you're there because I wouldn't have, to <laughs> I wouldn't have said anything. No, you were stuck on four more years. I was stuck on four <laughs> more years. See my own selfish self. <laughs> it's it's incredible how much I won that presidency. So of course uh, tonight's tonight we're gonna have a lot of stuff on our plate. Uh, we got. Our main subject, which is Star Wars Empire at War. Uh, but especially tonight, I'm joined by Martin, aka Wookie Mart, for those of you going to chat during the shows. Hi, folks. And How's it going? Because, because Brian came out with a bad case of flu and sadly couldn't be here. So Transocean flu, too. Yeah, I'm really so sorry, ladies, <laughs> because last night he had a really sexy voice. We would have gone over a few like really good stuff for you girls, but I'm really, really yeah, sorry. Yeah, very White turned into Snotty Joe. Oh, yeah. De- definitely something like that, and of course Audrey is with us as usual. Yeah, she's in the chat. She's looking out for all little fanboys out there. Woohoo! <laughs> bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got some other special guests who don't want to come on the microphone, so we're going to respect that because we're just not only that we don't have the translator up. But there is another girl in. In the, the studio studios. tonight, there Ooh. is another girl. Another mystery studio. girl. Yeah. What is this turning? Turning like a, is this becoming the equivalent of the Howard Stern show? Well, you know what? There was a few like shows back when we had a French guy in, and we were talking about the eight Italian girls behind the, the glass in the studios. That would that was back at Danny's whole department, Ooh. and it was really funny. But the girls never really stayed for the after show. So, but what do you want? You know, it's. Uh, it's it's life. That's the way. That's the life of a fanboy. It is. So of course we will have our usual segments tonight, the polls and all that. Uh, don't worry, folks. I promise you, it's going to be fun. We're going to have the fan audio news and releases by Audrey, and <coughs> we're going to have the collecting news with Aud- uh, Arnie and Marjorie, and of course the community update. And we got uh, Jeff Cioletti, who we're going to call again tonight to see how the premiere of uh, Galaxy's Hand Revenge of the Myth went yesterday. Oh, it's out? Oh, it came out yesterday. It just came out yesterday, and I talked <laughs> to him earlier, but I don't want to spoil anyone, so Ooh. I'll let the... Uh, You'll uh, give him the pleasure of that. I'll give him the pleasure of announcing how, how all went. Uh, I want to I want to mention that the sound card might crash during the the show. We never know, but you know we're we're pretty good at it, so we're really happy. By the way, I just want to tell you guys that we got some Ewoks tonight in in the studios. They're just like lurking around, so you might hear some weird background noise. It's totally normal. It's like a new team we're trying because we had Wookie Mart in, so we had to get bring in some Ewoks just you know in case he needed to. I don't know. 
drive an ATST or something. Not going there. Especially with you know the the, the wonderful pack uh, Battle Battle for Endor. What was it? Attack, Attack on Endor. Attack on Endor that's just released. So it's uh, it's really a great scenario pack from the uh, Star Wars miniatures, and there goes the Ewoks. Yeah, they're on the prowl. <laughs> All right, so uh, Audrey. Would you like to let our folks know how they can contact us? I don't know how to yes. do that. <laughs> yes, sure. Um, they can contact us at studio at starwarsondirect.com. Uh, they can contact us through our live chat. They can watch us on our webcam. They can right. listen live. Mm-hmm. They can contact us on our blogs. We have the Star Wars on Direct message board. And we have mes- uh, MSN Messenger at StarWarsOnDirect at Hotmail.com. And that's and pretty that much it. Looks about like it. Yeah, that's it. It's, of course, if you want us to call you, just feel free to send us your phone number, either by mail or just add the SWENDirect at Hotmail.com sorry, user to your messenger list. And uh, it's going to be our pleasure to give you a call if you'd like to chat about Star Wars and Pirate War. Although tonight, I had a friend from Toronto who I see only about once a year for three days. He called me on my cell phone and he's like, Sebastian, I know tomorrow you're going to do Star Wars and Pirate War, so I want you to call me because I've been losing sleep on that game. Really? So, it promises to be very fun because Rupin is a very, you know, a very well-knowledgeable guy. And with you in studio, Uh it's going to be very funny. And me with my down points for that game... I'm probably going to get bashed. But <laughs> that's pretty much how it is. Uh, I want to thank uh, Steve. He's going to recognize himself because uh, he's the one who blogged about Brian. And he just uh, blogged again about Star Wars on Direct. So thank you very much, Steve, for doing so. And uh, thank you very much for coming back to us by email about the subject that we, uh, we touched last week about Brian being blogged and being a whiny... Oh, uh, how was it put? A whiny, fifteen-year-old whiny like fanboy or, or I don't something know, like that. Brian? Freaky voice, something or other. I don't know. We're talking about Brian here. Yeah, yeah. Brian. Wow. Yeah, I know. Just goes to show, you know. Some oh. people they don't even know him, and they they know him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's gonna get at, get back at you for that one. Yeah, but he's sick right now, so. <laughs> you never know. He might come in being sick and give it to you. Hey, you know what? <coughs> Laugh is the best Medicine. cure. It's, it's just yeah, yeah it's uh, just the best cure. Audrey is um is Brian in the chat room? No, he's not. So he is sick in bed. He is, unless he's lurking under a different name. Oh. He, w- he was here earlier, but I think he, he might have gone to bed now. <laughs> All right, well, let's go into our more personal stuff. And welcome to the personal stuff segment of Star Wars on Direct. Wow, that's new. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since yeah, you've been here. Yeah, it has been a while <laughs> since I actually listened to the opening of the show. Usually I barely get into to the end of it, but right. the opening is all of a sudden very new and I'm sort of worried. <laughs> well, you should be. <laughs> you should be, be afraid, very, be very worried. afraid. So, Jordan, uh, I'm not sitting with my back to the wall. <laughs> The uh, the Ewoks are practicing body transportation right now. It's wow. Funny. When the heck do you think they're going to build a bonfire? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. As long they as they don't come at me with, with like, tyrants The cat was worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kitten. So, basically, the... Um, the 
did any of you guys saw any movie that's worth mentioning uh, during the last week? Yeah, lately. Oh, well, I'm really, really late, and I watched uh, what is it? Serenity on DVD that I bought like a w- last week. And you actually got to look into the extras, and you yeah. found out a few little funny things. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool, you know, like the fact that the, the hardest part of the movie was the external shot where they have the sort of truck mule in one of the first opening scenes of the movie, and that was apparently their worst ordeal of the entire movie, you know, short of getting the movie to screen. That's it. You know, yeah. I, I, I figured that they would probably do something as easy as just the land, the land speeder. Such as George Lucas did. No, but apparently they didn't. No, so. Joss wanted an undershot of the mule, so yeah. they had to rig it to a truck, and it had to be outside of the truck. And anyways, the physics, the laws of physics, were sort of infringed on that scene. All right. <coughs> well, uh, I know that uh, Attack of Andor came out this week, and uh, we were out playing uh, pretty much that place at last. Uh, Yesterday, just yesterday, uh, at Valetker in Montreal, and uh, it was—it's pretty nice. The map, though, the uh, the bunker map for the uh, the attack on Andor scenario, mm-hmm. is very disadvantageous for rebels. Well, it, it is which a is, bunker, which is logical, but there's this sort of way that the ATST can just stuck himself into the door. And be covered at all times, mm-hmm. and with the damage reflection yeah. opportunity well, thing, it's just <laughs> that addresses some aspects of the game that, that uh, basically have to ignore certain aspects of reality. You know, yeah, like uh, like the height of certain walls and stuff like that is not really taken into account when you're playing on a really flat. Yeah, map that's it. And stuff like that. And the other thing is that the bushes on the map don't really count as cover, though they, I think they should. Yeah. They are in yellow, but mm. still, it's. Yeah. Me and Brian have been working on some uh, corrections to the existing rules for the game, and yeah. we're trying it out as we can to sort of put a bit more realism or to get the game back truer to form yeah. for the Star Wars universe. That's it. More, more, <coughs> like, more accordingly to what it should be, because it would be nice if it was that way. Yep. All right, so uh, Audrey. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just watching the chat board. Yeah. And uh, some people were suggesting, since they saw that there was more than one woman here tonight, that they wanted to have a little show in front of the camera. But well, I don't think we're going to go there. Guys, come on. <laughs> well, Seb, I did offer to strip later on, so you know. Yeah, if if you guys want to see like what a shaved Wookiee look like, we can, we can do that. <laughs> I can show you what an Ewok look like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> and Gambler is saying that if you listen really hard, you can hear Seb's children in the background. <laughs> wow, you've been busy. <laughs> I know, apparently. <laughs> what, you don't know? <laughs> I wasn't aware. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. And Danny's saying he can hear the Ewoks, too. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> well, the Ewoks. We'll try and keep them under control, guys. I'm sure the Ewoks will calm down <laughs> as, as as the evening goes. Yeah. Oh, one of the Ewoks <laughs> has just discovered a new technology. Uh oh. That's right. Be afraid. So, who's in the chat right now with us? In the chat right now, we have Admiral. We have Andre. We have Arniwan. We have Koki One Seventy One. We have Delos. We have E5150, Casra, Gambler, myself, Heels1785, we have Danny, we have Nick, we have Sandwich Boy, Simon Kenobi, 
Skylover, uh, Star Wars books, Tiger Claw, Toddy, and Vader-san. Well, I want to give a special shout to uh, Sandwich Boy, who we're going to talk to later on tonight. And uh, as I actually enter the boards, because I, I've been away, I'm sorry. Booyah. Hi, everybody. It's me. In two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or two minutes ago. <laughs> two minutes ago, that's right. I, I, I just came in the chat two minutes ago. And, uh, well, I think it's time for some information. And Brian being away, well, Martin's going to take over and do his best uh, at uh, doing the, uh, giving us the pulse at the latest mm. Star Wars information. But you're going to get, like, you're also inheriting the Kid Fisto title tonight. I'm, I'm sorry. So I'm a pister? Yeah, we're just going to go into it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. Okay, uh, well, sorry about that, folks. I'm kind of new to this. That's okay. Um... USA Today, uh, the uh, very, very eloquent magazine, um, had their own wacky awards last week, seeing as this is uh, awards season uh, galore. And uh, the category was uh, Film, Family Most in Need of Dr. Phil's Assistance. Uh, Here are the final results. So, obviously, the Skywalkers came in first at 42%. The Burkhams of uh, the movie called The Squid and the Whale came in at 18%. The Stahl's uh, History of Violence with our uh, favorite uh, guy, Vigo, at 18%. The Stones from The Family Stone is at 16%. And The Clucks from Chicken Little at 5%. So that's pretty much it. Now, I guess, showing up on Dr. Phil as Skywalkers, do you think they'd let them carry the lightsabers in? I want I want to see like plastic lightsabers. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be really funny. Oh wait, we're just like confusing with Jerry Springer. There. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> nice way to bring it in. <laughs> also, um, there's an early look inside the new essential aliens. Um, Delray Books continues to update and expand their popular series of essential guides to Star Wars. Um, next on up on the list is the new essential guide to alien species. The author Anne Margaret Lewis and Helen Keir, authors I should have said, and Helen Keir gather together a wide assortment of aliens and creatures, some noble and helpful, others evil and ferocious. The guide has been updated for the prequel trilogy, of course, the Clone Wars, the New Jedi Order, and beyond, and features full color interior artwork by Chris Trevas and William O'Connor. Here's a first look at some of Travis's work in progress. The new essential guide to alien species is scheduled to, for paperback, release in October 2006. Please note that this cover shown here is for solicitation only and does not represent final cover artwork. So I guess you post it in on the forum. Ted? Uh, yeah, we'll post the links in the forum. Okay. Sorry for that. Uh, that would, Brian would have been prepped and everything, but he's sick right now. So, and, and right now I'm having some technical difficulties through uh, getting some more missed news from Ikasra through Amazon, and it's like being hellish right now. Okay, uh, you sure we have Ewoks in the house and not Gremlins? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there are Ewoks. You know, okay. at first, I mean, come on, w- when they first saw the Ewoks, how do you think they felt about them? I'm sure they felt like the, the, those 
weird little creatures. It must be gremlins or something. I can see it. So, you know, it's it's very odd and weird. And what do you want to know? It's, that's that's what I'm guessing. So Audrey's on the on the webcam and she's just like pointing out like some cool Empire War shots. Look at you're confusing people here. I know I'm confusing people. You're telling them that Audrey's on the webcam and all they see is a big ball of yeah, death. They're, they're looking for like this female silhouette now. <laughs> yeah, and all they see is the Death Star. Okay, so I'm as I'm just stalling the things until I actually get the missed news from my friend Castro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so well, we can always talk about what we were talking about last weekend. <laughs> the no, heck no. is that? Is that a you don't no. want to know, but Danny knows what it is, oh but I'm oh not going to show God. it on the camera, but Danny had intimate knowledge of this I appliance. know what that is, <laughs> and my question is, what the cheese whiz are you doing with that? Oh, I'm a nurse. No. Oh, God. <laughs> don't. 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 Okay, folks, just to give you a mental image, uh, me and Seb are sitting cross-legged right now. Yes, And the knees are never coming apart. Oh, no, they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Ever again. All right, well, in the Star Wars Galaxies news this week, uh, there are two odd fixes that went out. Published 27.2, which was released on February 24th, which fixed the problem with some video cards that displayed everyone's air white. After the odd fix went out, all non-characters creatures and NPC begins to act erratic. They would twitch every frame. It's impossible to explain it, but it was so hysterical. I guess it's very funny when everybody goes from Santa Claus to Jarus Sabiat. Mm. And goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> My question is, to, and this is directed at Ikastra, and maybe he can answer it. When you sit down on the floor, do you still do the 20-foot slide? Oh. <laughs> And, of course, there was published 27.3 that came out, which was released on February 25th. Uh, all creatures and NPCs should not be behaving as strangely in combat as they did yesterday. Well, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the Friday feature for this week is a guide to heavy weaponry in the Star Wars universe. And uh, I'll be putting the link into the chat right about now, so you guys can go take a look at this... Uh, this very nice little thingy. There we go. All right. Well, on this note, we now go into some more community stuff. Are you an angel? What? An angel. I heard the deep space pilots speak about it. They're the most beautiful Welcome to Fan Audio News for this week. <laughs> it's hard. I love your intro. It's awesome. Oh, I was just listening to the other things. Excuse going me, on folks. The I'm, I'm, Sorry. Yeah, that's true. We do have a lot of weird stuff going on. <laughs> As reported last week, Bob Christman's The Jedi Council Speaks is now acting under the banner of a larger production team that is being called Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions. The official site, uh, website for Star has now been launched, and two other tidbits of information have arrived. On the Star homepage, you'll find references to a future fan audio parody from Star entitled Jedi Babies. Kind of appropriate for tonight. Um, mm -hmm. Oh. And in the... The Ewoks just were promoted e from, from Ewoks, Ewoks to, to Padawans. Baby. Padawans. There you go. Uh, mm -hmm. That's nice. <laughs> well, there is an Ewok Jedi. Anyways. There that's is. on topic. Yes. I do not want to talk about this. In the New Jedi this. Order. Sorry. Anyways. 
Back on topic. Back on topic. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you'll find references to a possible Lord of the Rings fan audio project in, Star's, uh, in Star Future as well. Um, Star Wars, in the beginning, returned this week with its third regular episode entitled Grumpy Old Men, featuring a look at Darth Sidious and Tyrannus with guests Brandon Harvick and Michael Smith. Requiem of the Outcast again pops up, sh- sort of, in an official Star Wars capacity, this time in Star Wars Insider number 86. Members of the fan club will find Janine Garner on page 70 of the issue, amid its Bantha Track section, clad again in fan-made Slave Leia attire. This time, there's only one picture of the Slave Leia gang, but Janine features prominently in the picture. I love the now prominently guys, part of it. <laughs> Wouldn't this be something to have Janine sign when you see her at a con? Of course. Yeah. A con such as North Carolina? Oh. Like Con Carolina that's coming up? That, that, that would be a great idea. Con, they call it Con Carolina? Yeah. StarWarsFanWorks.com I Again. pity... Wow, Seb, you have big fingers. <laughs> 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 I, I pity anybody named Carolina when that con goes on. <laughs> hey, guys, let's go Con Carolina. Right. After a short production delay that pushed it back by a week, EU2 Audio Corps returned this week with the third of five chapters of Conquest of the Empire, their original Star Wars audio drama series. This new episode, entitled Perseverance and Purpose, is the longest in the series so far at almost half an hour and introduces several new characters while also adding Krista Kolsar and Brooks Child to the series cast. Jeff Ronnie has now released t- Tatooine TV number 26, featuring a segment entitled Pat- Palpatine Asked for a Loan for Death Star 2. This segment introduces <laughs> new series co-writer John Cosper, previously heard on Ronnie's own radio. Okay. Wow, Jeff is Come on. precious. I, I'm sure he actually had to go dip into the public funds for that second death, death Star. Yeah, no way he could he afford he it he just on, yeah, just on his own he, money. He didn't have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> He's the emperor for crying out loud. He just had to take. Yeah. All right. And that's it. Is it? Is it? Is it? And in other news, in the fan audio community. I don't know. She has a look on We want to remind you that Con Carolina is the <laughs> premium fan audio convention to be at. There we go. I was just going to ask you if you've uh, listened to the Echoes trailer or to any of the Echoes audiobook that started to be released by uh, Nathan P. Butler. Hmm. But I heard it's really good. It is good. I went to the site and I listened. Um, well, I listened to the trailer and it sort of didn't capture me the way I was expecting it to, but I went on anyways and I listened to the first chapter of the book. Yep. And it's not a finished product yet. It's just the uh, reading without any of the uh, sound effects or whatnot in the background. But the seven minutes of it really captured me and I went on to listen to the other part that's out. And they're both very good. And Anyways. If you haven't listened to it, you should go and check it out. All right. Very, very interesting. Well, people, we invite you to go check that out. And don't forget to also check out the Silent Universe uh, tab. And we got some very good surprise for you. For you listeners of Star Wars on Direct, you'll remember our friend, Jeff Rooney. And we got a big surprise coming up. So stay tuned. Because we're going into the collecting news now. StarWarsFanWorks.com The home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. 
It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Every collector deserves the best. That's why our main goal at Federation Toys is to guarantee the highest quality items for the lowest prices. Yes, of course. Come by Federation Toys for Star Wars collectibles. Satisfaction guaranteed. Yes, that's right. Roger, Roger. Our Star Wars and listeners will get a 5% discount on their purchases. And welcome to the Collecting News for this edition of February 26, 2006. And for those collecting books, two days before Triple Zero Camp comes out with Karen Travis as the otter. It was great. Omega Squad, Delta Squad, lots of action. Woo-hoo. I'm losing it. Okay. I'm going to stop now. Hi, Arnie. How you doing? Hello. I'm here with Marjorie. Hi. Uh, you know, I've been listening to your show tonight. And I have to say, I think that you guys are really pushing the fact that Audrey's female. When you introduce Brian's segment, you've got a segment from Clone Wars. When you introduce Audrey's segment, you've got a song, Naughty Girl. (laughs) I think that you guys are trying to do the sex sell thing. And now, now that having been said, since there's multiple women in the audience, I think you need to give the audience what they want. And according to the chat room, they want some hot Canadian on Canadian action. Come here, big that's, boy. That's the after Canadian hours bacon? segment. <laughs> I mean, you got to give the listeners what they want, and that's what the chat room says. So, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'd say there you go. Well, Arnie, you're, you're kind of <laughs> right on that. And there's a thing here that all of our past shows have Easter eggs. If you keep listening, like usually you listen to a podcast, and when it's over, you stop. But if like any good CD with an Easter egg, you keep listening on, you don't know. Maybe you wait half a minute, three hours. I don't know. Then you might get a little something else extra. We did that on our last show, and some people almost spit chicken soup all over their computers. We were <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to last week's show and wait about three minutes. It's it's really good. It shows Arnie's uh, knowledge of toys. Okay. And my vocal talents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not sure I want to hear that. And <laughs> on to collecting news. Yes. And this week, Gentle Giant announced that they're going to have an Entertainment Earth exclusive. Uh, it's an exclusive mini bust, and it's a crispy fried Anakin. It's the same Darth Vader bust, bust that was released before, except he's missing his helmet, and we get to see Anakin in all his burnt glory. Oh, that's what exact you mean. Exact same pose. Okay. So it what? It hasn't actually been officially announced. Yoda's news broke that information. Okay, but yeah, but it's in the catalog. It's going to be for sale this week on Entertainment Earth, is what we've been told. Oh, yeah, we'll great. ship in June. That's great, but why why didn't they just do uh, remove removable helmet bust in the first place? Thanks. Now we have to buy that. I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> I have a feeling this one probably will come with a helmet, and the reason they didn't do it in the first place, money. <laughs> why do they keep changing different pauldrons on the sand troopers? Money. Yeah. And you buy them. I do buy them. <laughs> So do thousands of other schmucks, I mean, customers. 
But I, I saw I saw it and it's 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 good. But it's good. Yeah, it's good. How, how excited can you get about somebody that's seriously injured? I'm quite excited, depending on who that person is what? and how much I have to pay to injure them. You know what? I'm sure there's there's some like particular that's definitions for that, but I don't want to go into it. There's an entire show right there. <laughs> <laughs> don't steal my show because I have an idea, and I'll tell you offline sometime. But oh. search the internet hard for it. So <laughs> any any time you want, Marjorie. Any time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, we're yeah. taking free trade to a whole new level, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think Arnie's going to get on my case now. <laughs> so what's next? <laughs> the new titaniums are also showing up in the stores. Now, we've seen the Clone Wars gunship. We've seen that already, but there's also the White Imperial shuttle showing up, a new Falcon, an AT-AT, and some other sort of vehicles that they're actually seeing in the stores now. The Royal uh the royal ship from yeah. episode one is out there, and the battle and the Millennium Falcon is battle damage. All right, which apparently makes all the difference in the world. Again, well, I mean customers. <laughs> well, it does. <laughs> Well, Don't you think? Star Wars introduced dirty ships, and that's what made it very, very like special and very nice. My, so my question is: Was the Falcon ever non-battle damaged? Yeah, that was, I guess, the first one they released. Um, yeah, yeah. Was it really? It wasn't battle damaged in the New Hope. It was just run down and chunky. It's like <laughs> battle damage. I'm sure Han will never take that personally. <laughs> It may not look like much, but it uh, sometimes runs an Empire Strikes Back if they got out and pushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some other collecting news. The Darth Maul-bladed lightsaber went out on sale this week, and you could buy each individual half for 120 or both together for 200 Those are available at Master Replicas and Andrew's Toys and many other places. Andrew's Toys has a coupon for its newsletter subscribers get $20 off both halves. Wow. And the miniatures game, Brian isn't there for me to talk about the miniatures game. Brian's not going to like our show this week that goes up tomorrow at ReviewStarWars.com because we give a pretty harsh negative review of the miniatures game. Of which, like, just the Attack on Endor that just came out, which has pretty much... uh, We reviewed the... The whole game? itself with the Revenge of the Sith rules, packs, map, that whole thing. Wow. Well, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> we just didn't find it fun, and the pieces were kind of crappy. Okay. Spent. Yeah. Well, on that note, there is a rather... It's not extremely complicated, but there is a certain process where you can boil up some water and just dip it in the hot water and sort of have it take back its original form, especially for lightsabers and stuff like that. Yeah. See, I heard that when you do that, it, they just kind of gradually go back to how they came to you then. Uh, well, actually... So that really doesn't work, unless there's a, a different way of doing it. Well, actually, the key to that is to make sure that you have something that it's going to hold into a clear position, and you just stick it in the freezer for, like, five minutes, and it'll uh-huh. sort of... So hard like splint it like with a toothpick or something. Something like that. Put yeah. it in the freezer. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of work for a, neck, a little figure that hardly. I was just about to say they charged me twelve dollars for seven figures, and then I have to go through a major process to boil and freeze it. Admittedly, admittedly, I'm not defending it. I'm just trying to find solutions. They killed the TCG for this. That, that's my problem. I like the TCG. 
DCG right. was, was fun. Come out with the Assault on Endor pack, which has a repainted ATST. So if you got the ATST from the Universe Huge pack, you're sucker, I mean, customer for another one. And then you get some other pieces with that that are exclusive to the pack. So if you collect or if you play, it's a pretty good set. I believe it runs about $20, and that's not bad given that you're guaranteed an ATST. And Wizards of the Coast has already sold out of this. So you have to check today <laughs> or your local comic stores. Yeah. I, I picked up myself one because it wasn't all that expensive. Uh, the ATST is supposed to be the one in Return of the Jedi that gets hijacked by Chewbacca and two, two uh, Ewoks because it has a scratch on it. But in all honesty, I find it very ugly. <laughs> so I'm not sure. But I got to admit that the packaging for this, I give them 100%. Because it's really nice, you can just sit it on a shelf and it will look good. And yeah, it's on, it's and on the webcam right now. It has no creases. I have a problem with window boxes in that they're often creased or crinkled or something and don't look okay. as good as they really should because it's cheap packaging. I mean, it's not really intended to be displayed on a customer shelf for months and months and years. It's intended to get it to the store shelf, look it on the store shelf, Till somebody forks over twenty bucks and then it to open like a child at Christmas. Yeah. So the window boxes, you know, they look good, but they just don't last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right about that. Yeah. Well, that, that's the problem, though. Uh, the this this type of product has basically it's multifunctional. Its first function, obviously, is to be a piece that mm-hmm. built, goes into the gaming system, but it also sort of subs as a collect a budgeted collector's piece, you know. Yeah. Now, I have one other piece of collecting news, and I hope you're all sitting down. I can't see the webcam, so I'm going to just trust that you are. Yes, we are. The George Lucas exclusive action figure, the oh. mail-away action figure. Yeah. The George Lucas as a stormtrooper. Yeah. Not available in Canada. Oh, that is so going into what? my community rant. What? what? <laughs> what? Again? <laughs> oh, well, am I supposed to be surprised here? I didn't think you'd be surprised, but I just thought I'd have you all sit down for the news. It apparently, according to the members of our forums at ReviewStarWars.com, it is a U.S. resident-only item. So even if you bought all five VOTC figures, that aren't that great to begin with, you are not able to get the George Lucas figure unless you've got a friend in the States who can mail it to you. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's always eBay. Yep. There's always eBay, and you have fun paying for that. Yeah, but there's always eBay. I always keep my hopes up for eBay. Yeah. And, you know, uh, for our friends in Star Wars on Direct, we might be able to help you out a little bit, but we can't help the whole country out. Uh, but thanks, thanks for trying. Yeah, but that just begs to ask the question: How much do I want George Lucas as a figure? I don't know. How much do you want George Lucas as a figure? You might not like the answer. I might not care. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> See, that that actually makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I want George Lucas as an action figure because it's cool. I think it's a nifty idea. Plus, now that I get the head, I can pop it off, paint somebody in some flannel, and there you go. <laughs> um, you, you can use a Bob and Doug figure. Yeah. <laughs> a Bob and Doug McKenzie figure. And put George Lucas's head on it. <laughs> now that I'd buy. 
Doug McKenzie. He'd never heard of them before me. Oh, really? He'd wow. never seen Strange Brew. Oh, my God. I that... know, and he had no idea what I kept going, Rosie, when we were at C2. Here's a hint. Don't watch it till you've had a 2-4 of beer. A. A. <laughs> she made me go up to Agnes McGinnis and say, My wife loved you in Strange Brew, and I had never seen the film. Okay. So what was his reaction? He enjoyed doing it. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you guys get back on with your show. Remember, the more hot girl on girl, Canadian on Canadian action. It's what the listeners want. Wait a second. All right, Marjorie, I, I, I promise you we'll... I'm going to leave, I think. No, we're, we're going to give you some actions before some action before the end of the show. Something. We are. We'll give you something. <laughs> I, 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 as a listener, demand it. <laughs> All right. Talk to you next Bye. week. Bye. 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 Take care. Uh, that was good. That was Arnie and Marjorie, and uh, thank you very much. And, of course, you can go listen to their show at uh, ReviewStarWars.com. Not... This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. We're the hosts of Star Wars Action News, Star Wars Collecting Podcast, and you are listening to Star Wars Unmarked. Ladies and gentlemen, Sébastien Minot. Ladies and gentlemen, members of the Star Wars Efficient Fan Club, I come to you this week again before you to present myself as your next president. Of course, we have by now all received the official rules from IDG Entertainment to the official fan club presidency, and I would like to mention this little bit of it. This promotion is open to legal United States residents excluding Vermont, Maryland, North Dakota, Arizona and Puerto Rico. You have to be age 18 years of older or, or, or older. It's void where prohibited or restricted by law. Now, I find this disturbing. I do not believe that anybody should be excluded in this contest, especially not if you are part of the United States. Now, of course, I'm French-Canadian, so that's even worse for me, because I'm not even me mentioned in there, and they didn't even think of mentioning us. I'm going to cry now. No. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm serious. Vote for me per for present, and when there's a contest on StarWars.com, you will all be included in there. And now, on to the community news for this February 26, 2006. And we're joined by James from Dublin. Hi, James. How are you? Good, good. How are you? We're very good, thank you. 
Um, it seems that the competition is not open to everyone, even in the U.S. It, it's it's not it's not even open to everywhere in the U.S. That's ridiculous. I, I know. It's just it just is. Anyhow, I'm just missing out on a T-shirt. What, what what do you want me to do? It's it just is that way. Okay. So what's happening on your side of the of the sea, uh, James? Our side of the pond. Well, uh, there's there's two main things going on today. Uh, well, not today, I should say, but uh, I'll be talking about today. Um, I'd like to start with uh, my favourite fan force, the South Australian fan force. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> They're having a, a relay for life from the 1st to the 2nd of April 2006. Now, what that basically is, is everyone's going to dress up in a Star Wars costume and have a bit of a walk around and have a bit of fun and, and you know, raise some money for charity. It's actually a very good charity this year. It's for cancer research. And they're you know, trying to raise quite a significant amount of money. And, you know, there's loads of charities around nowadays, but this is quite a, quite a good charity. So I just encourage everyone to support it. And I'll be putting the link up in the chat in a few minutes. All um, right. But from the SAFS, the relay captain is Andrew, and it's being assisted by Tanya. So in other news, we have... If you just let me hold on for a second. We have news this week that Carrie Fisher will be attending the London Film and Comic Con on... The, on Saturday, the 1st and 2nd of July 2006. Now, as we all know, Carrie Fisher isn't huge on, on the con circuit, so this will be a great one if, he, if you're missing the autograph. And that's in the Earl's Court in London. But also, on, on, on a non-store note, uh, Taylor and Dr. Weir from Stargate Atlantis will be there, so, boys, you know, enough said. And that's about it from, from the, the updates over the seas. All right, well, thank you very much for being with us tonight, James. Thank you very much. And, of course, uh, we'll talk to you again uh, next week. Of course, see you next week. See you next week. Uh, Mr. Uh, Sebastien, running yes. for president, I'd yes. like to mention that you might have an undercover spy among, um, uh, in your midst. I do? I believe I heard a Starfleet strike order turning on earlier on, <laughs> so you might want to check for that. Where is that droid? <laughs> <laughs> He walks now, drives. What's happening to my studio? Getting invested. In, in, invaded. Invaded all. <laughs> ah! Invasion Montreal. It's it's an invasion. I can't control it anymore. All right. Well, we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to call Jeff from... Uh, who's in New York this week, I, I do believe, uh, because he was there for the premiere of his movie... Really? Where yes. was he last time? Because it sounded like he was in a coffee shop or he, something. He was in Los Angeles. Ooh, wow. He gets around. Yes. Hello? Hi, Jeff? Yeah. Hi, it's Sebastian from Star Wars on Direct. Hey, Sebastian. How's it going? Pretty good yourself. Pretty good. So, uh, we're on live. Okay. And uh, we're calling you tonight because we want to know how did the premiere of Galaxy's Hand went? Because it was last night, right? Yes, it was last night. Cool. Yeah, but it went well. I mean, I I, I didn't have a huge audience. Uh, part of that had to do with the time of uh, night that they had it, because the, the main con stuff ended at 7, and my screening was at 9, and they didn't do the greatest job of uh, letting people know that there's still stuff going on until 1 a.m. So um, uh, there are a few people hanging around. So, I mean, I had I had a good, you know... 25 to 30 people show up for it, which was good. But, um, but I mean, the, the good thing about it, though, is that, you know, I'm pretty sure most everybody, well, most of the people at least, 
stayed for the entire thing, and that's always a good sign. Because, you know, I all, out of all my movies and stuff, people, you know, would walk out at various times. And, um, but, you know, I kept the audience there for the whole thing. And, um, people, you know, were very enthusiastic about it. So I got people, the best thing about it was people were laughing in the right places. And, um, and, and that's probably the best compliment I can get because the stuff that I thought I was putting in there that was funny it was actually funny to them. So, um, it's, uh, I think it was pretty successful. Well, congratulations on a well done premiere. Thank you. And, um, I have a DVD ready for you that I'm going to be sending your way. All right, that's awesome. I'll be I'll be emailing you this week then. Cool. Yeah, just let me know uh, the address and yep. send it off. Um, it's it's not like packaged or anything. It's just um, it's okay. It's just a copy because I haven't done any you know production for sale or anything yet. So. I I cannot wait to see it. And when the production for sales will be done. We'll make sure to, uh, to to probably have you back on the show, and uh, we'll raffle a few uh, at that time. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, actually, the good thing about the the premiere was I actually had a few of the people who were in the film were with me. Um, I very rarely ever have anybody uh, at the screenings, because usually I'm, I'm not really screening too much uh, in New York, but since a lot of people were in New York, I had about four of the people from the um, the film, including AJ. So AJ was on the panel as well. So oh, that's really nice. nice. And, um, and that, was the, that was a very successful part of it because people stuck around for the Q&A panel. And, you know, a lot of times after I do a screening, I might have like three people stick around with questions, but I think just about everybody who sat through the film uh, stuck around for questions and uh, everybody, you know, everybody else on the panel, everybody else in the film, they were all very helpful and, um, we made it into a real discussion, so it, you know it, uh, the Q and A probably lasted a good forty-five minutes. All right. Yeah. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. And uh, we'll call you at some other point. Yeah. All right. I'll send one your way soon. All right. Great. Bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, as our spies are actually contacting their 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 the enemy behind the lines. We're going to mention the fact that Star Wars Day X is coming up. The X-Wing fundraiser are pleased to announce the Star Wars Day X, which will be, end, which will be held on Sunday, the 12th of March, 2006, at the Unnaton Sports Center in Devon, England, uh, with proceeds uh, donation to the British Heart Foundation. So that's pretty much what was mentioned earlier. And uh, the, it's the 10th anniversary of the day. It uh, will also be held in remembrance of the late Michael Sheard, who was president of this group. Uh, whoa, 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 sorry, um, sorry for getting back on the galaxy here, yeah. but Michael Sheard is deceased. Sadly enough. Oh, yeah. man, that bums me out. So is Phil Brown, Uncle Owen. Wow, well, proof that time goes by. Yeah, we're next. Yep, well, there's <laughs> a few of us, uh, well, who knows, you know. Hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm going to go before you for my, my eating too much cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, the memorabilia show has been uh, announced. It's going to be held on the 25th and 26th of March at the NEC Birmingham, UK uh, Convention Center. Uh, one of the special guests will be Michael Kingma, who played General Tarfel in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Brian Blast, who played Boss Nass. Kieran Shaw, who was an Ewok. And Kenny Baker, of course, R2-D2. So you can uh, you can... Go to their official website at www.memorabilia.co.uk to find out more about all this information. And about the um, 
the wonderful rules of the IDG contest. I'm going to put that into the chat right now so everybody can uh, go read it and go have a laugh at it because honestly I think it's pretty much a laugh to to read that co those contest rules and uh, you pretty much win absolutely nothing for being the president of the Star Wars fan club. I I don't even think that IDG takes this position seriously. It might just be a publicity stunt, you know. And that's what I believe. And you know what? I was I was I was watching Star Wars: A New Hope recently, and they were describe. I, I there's this scene after the the, the Sandcrawler has been attacked, and Obi Wan describes Tusken Raiders. Mm -hmm. They <coughs> always walk in files to hide their numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, they 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 all they they don't shoot accurately. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, where are you going with this? Why did the first name of the fan club fanzine was Banta Tracks? Banta, which are, you know, ridden by Tusken Raiders. Mm -hmm. They believe we're Tusken Raiders. Mm -hmm. We're always in files and conventions. Yeah. And that's not because we want to hide our numbers. Yeah. It's just because we're, we're actually led to be in file. Oh, they yeah. think we're Tusken Raiders. Mm. But you know what? We can shoot pretty accurately. Just watch episode one and you'll see that we can do it. We can do it. Yeah. And maybe sometimes we grunt and we moan and we're not pretty clear about what we'd like. And we bitch and rant. And but if you take the good time to listen to us, you'll see that we're a good community mm -hmm. and you don't need to cut our heads off in order to, like, the third fandom to work. Well, no. I mean, any any self-respecting fandom works on its own, you know. That's right. By, by the way, uh, yeah. for those of, those of you who are uh, noticing the amount of different interruptions in this show tonight... Um, of out of our control, obviously. Uh, the only thing we're missing right now is a streaker. So you know, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the back door is open, <laughs> <laughs> and the webcam is pointing in the right direction. <laughs> and, and you know what? Just to finish the uh, the whole thing about the uh, the fan club, I'm gonna send in the chat room a link to the current position. Of fans, we've got people enrolled, and you know, put their okay. the name of the fans. And okay. Is there any like first place? Okay. Two bounties. Two people registered and referred Yoda Handy. Who? Yoda Andy. That's his. That's his nickname. Okay. 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 And in second place, there's about ten people with one person that was re that was that referred them. And how many votes each? That's pretty much it. It's like. It's not. It's not voting. It's like some people have to subscribe to the fan club mm -hmm. and give your name as a reference. The fan club being the s official Star Wars fan club. Official Star Wars fan club, Insider, and Hyperspace. Oh, okay. Oh, both? Both. Well, they're both together now. They're, they're not unlinkable. Is that one subscription? Yeah, it's or? one subscription. It's okay. uh, f I think it's thirty nine ninety five or something like that. So that's 40, 40 US dollars for <coughs> all those people. So, you know, right now there's been one, two, three, four, five. Uh, there's about like uh, 800 bucks that went into Lucasfilm's uh, boxes. So congrats, folks. Mm-hmm. Congratulations for getting some people in and uh, just keep on growing the fandom. That's good. I'm mm -hmm. not going to laugh at that, but honestly, I think that little board with only two bounties by now, a little bit deceiving. Mm -hmm. We probably should have opened it up a little bit more worldwide and uh, might have gotten more results. That's right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> well, now we're going to go and we're going to go in a little sponsor break that's going to, you know, take us a little while. And you know why, ladies and gentlemen? I promised you a very big surprise by Jeff Roney tonight. Well, Tatooine TV is back. Ooh. 
Tatooine TV, which was supposed to be off the air forever and never come back, is now back. There are two more episodes, Tatooine TV number 25 and number 26. And number 25 is going to be airing tonight. And uh, you'll hear all about the 26th uh, episode next week. Because, you know, that's how much we like them. So, just stay on. Because we'll be right back on Star Wars Sound Direct. And we'll be talking to you folks about Empire at War. The latest RTS by Petroglyph Studios. Petroglyph. Petroglyph Studios. Studios. With LucasArts stamp of approval. Uh, of course. All right. For years, sci-fi fans have toiled at making fan films, podcasts, and goofy flash animations to obscure techno music. They work hard. Give them their props. Watch, listen, and talk back. <clears throat> At planetfandom.com The future. A world ruled by corruption, lawlessness, and fear. The perfect place for mercenaries to... do... what... Mercenaries do. But for one mercenary, you know my name? that's about to change. On February 15th, Star Knight Interactive presents a podcast unlike any you've ever heard. J. Marcus Xavier's They said the future would be paradise. They were wrong. Some material may not be suitable for younger listeners. SilentUniverse.com Hello, I'm the curator here of the Tatooine TV Museum. And it's been a long time since we have had anything around here in the museum. I am going through some boxes of the heyday of Tatooine TV. There's one here, uh, Dr. Phil. That was, that was a funny one. There, that, that was, love it. That one, yeah. Then there was, uh, the, here's one, uh, the, the, the sad people that were singing. The, the Tuscan Concerto. Made me cry. I love that one. Then, uh, there was, um, uh, the, the Richard Simmons one, uh, Java's House is what, that was funny. The, the, uh, then, uh, there was another funny one. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, anyway, you know, they all were funny in their own way. And, wait a minute. What? The, hey, this, no, 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 this was, I have never heard this one. I have found, wait a minute, I have found the new Tatooine TV, it's right here, it's right here in the box. What? This is amazing, I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, now, oh, alright everybody, uh, sit back and, and relax and get a seltzer and some cookies, because this is going to be an amazing thing, this. Everyone get ready for Tatooine TV. Uh, here it comes. 
You ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to put my teeth in for this. Here we go. Tattoo TV. Woo! Tatooine TV. And now, time for another tale of adolescence and growing up in the face of galactic war in Yoda's Creek. Yoda spoke of another. The other he spoke of is your twin sister. But I have no sister. To protect you both from the Emperor, you were hidden from your father when you were born. The Emperor knew as I did. If Anakin were to have any offspring, they would be a threat to him. That is why your sister remains safely anonymous. Leia. Leia's my sister. Your insight serves you well. Bury your feelings deep down, Luke. They do you credit, but they could... Whoa! Excuse me, I was making a point. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh! It's something the matter? Then, Leia is my sister. Yes. She's my sister. Yes, I know. We cover that. I kissed my sister. You what? I kissed my sister. That's not uncommon for a sister and a brother to show affection with a kiss. I kissed her on the lips, Ben. When did this happen? On the Death Star. She and I were on the ledge. The bridge was out, so I threw a rope. She held on, and before we swung across... You kissed her? No, not technically. She kissed me, you know, for luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Well, in my experience, that would be called pretty bad luck to kiss your sister. Right. Well, as I was saying, bury your feelings deep down, Luke. They do... Whoa! Now what? Holy crap, I forgot about Hoth. What about Hoth? <laughs> What's wrong now? I kissed her again. A couple of years later, we were on Hoth. She and Han were having a fight, and then she grabbed me, and that time... Uh, uh, Oh, my... Are you feeling okay? I kissed my sister. So you keep saying. No, I mean French kissed her, Ben. I French my sister. You know, it's not doing you any good to dwell on this. You did this to me. You've known all along, haven't you? What, that you were hot for your sister? You knew on Tatooine that I was looking at a film of my own sister, and you never told me. That's not important, Luke. Not important? Telling the poor, never-been-kissed farm boy that the hot, sexy princess he's flying off to rescue is his fine-looking sister is not important? It's not like I knew that you'd stick your tongue down her throat. Then what the heck is the stupid force good for if you can't stop your student from frenching his sister? Can we finish this so you can go to kill your father? Kill my father? Right, sure. As soon as he finds out I've made out with my sister, he's going to kill me. You know, Luke, forget it. Just forget it. Go fight Vader. Get yourself killed. We've got another Jedi to train in land, so if you can't kill Daddy, maybe she can. Yeah, whatever. Train my sister. See if I care. Just make sure you don't mention the fact she played tonsil hockey with her brother. Hello, uh, I am still here at the museum. And, uh, confidentially, I found some more Tatooine TVs, so come back next time, and there'll be funnier Tatooine TVs, okay? I gotta leave this.
Tattoo TV episode 25 is a Jeff Roney Designs production. For full credit information, please visit jrdonline.com. Thank you. Goodbye. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective Forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct Voice of Star Wars Fandom. And now we go into our main subject, which is going to be very interesting tonight. Mm. Let me tell you, people, because we're going to be talking about Star Wars and Pirate War, the latest thing that came out of LucasArts and uh, Petroglyph Studios. And uh, first of all, kudos to LucasArts because they changed the little, bo- the little, uh, little LucasArts guy at the beginning of their, their game. And... Uh, Kudos, but not kudos, because I missed the old guy in the little animations that he was fun to see watching like while the game was loading. But, hey, I guess it's all part of the the whole movie. Moving forward. That. Yeah, that's it. So, um, Star Wars and Pirate War, it's, uh, it's a real-time strategy game. Uh, and uh, we have Sandwich Boy with us on the phone tonight, all the way from Toronto. All the way from Toronto. <laughs> That's like it's out in Australia or something. <laughs> we, we, we actually had James from Dublin, so you're yes, not I that far. <laughs> All the way from Toronto. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> and uh, how's your sleep doing this week? Uh, not so great. Between City of Heroes and Empire at War, it's, uh, it's been losing out. <laughs> okay. And, uh, of course, we have uh, Martin, one of our great uh, panelists for video games. Well, great might be just overstepping okay. it a bit. But okay, yeah. you're the god of the panelists of the video games. All right, if you're going to go that way, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you guys, uh, it's, it's, it's a new RTS that came out. There have been RTS in the past for, for Star Wars, uh, but I think we got to agree that this one is actually the best one ever. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. And it's not only the way that it's played, but I think the story and the interaction with the, the, the people, that the player, is actually right there, and it's really, really great. Uh, there's actually one uh, little, little tiny little thing that bugged me up, and being a big Warcraft player, I, you know, I, I, I had all the old controls in mind, and this game... You actually have to unlearn what you've learned, and learn back all the new other stuff... And I think it's actually for the better because when you get the hang of it, 
it actually does go a little bit faster, and the game base is actually fairly fast. Yeah. Um, I, well, what to, what you're saying about uh, the changes that they did uh, in in, uh, in relation to a more traditional real time, I guess the uh, the Westwood um, Command and Conquer style uh, real time strategy game. Uh, things like uh, the reinforcement points and stuff. This isn't really new. Um, I mean, they did. Uh, something very, very similar in ground control, uh, for example. And uh, I agree that I think it is very much for the better because, quite frankly, how many uh, CNC clones have uh, had been made? I mean, as, as good of a game as Warcraft 3 is, when you, when you break it down to its, uh, its core elements, it's still very deeply rooted in the same uh, build rush, which, quite frankly, personally, I find very, very boring. And... Uh, I agree totally with you on that. Yeah, it, it, it forces you to think in a totally different way, um, where the, uh, being the person who can build the buildings the fastest is not the most important thing. And I find that very refreshing. And I totally agree with you on that, because that's one of the that's one thing I was really lame at when I was playing Warcraft, is that like I was, I was up to my, 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 my second barrack, and there came the guy with his hero and all his forces already done. I'm like, but I... I don't even have like technology developed. <laughs> yeah, just at that answer. point, uh, when you when you actually watch some of the demos of people playing things like StarCraft and, and Warcraft, especially a lot of the Korean players, where <laughs> <laughs> their primary uh, pastime, it's like watching it's like watching clockwork. Yep. Every single match is exactly the same as the previous one. Yeah. And I, I don't like seeing things like that, especially not in, in what is supposed to be a game of strategy, where you know. You end up having a whole bunch of people going and studying this demo, trying to find the holes in it, and then, uh, so that the next time they play this person, who they know is going to use the exact same tactic, they can beat them. I mean, that doesn't sound like uh, very much strategy or fun no, to me. Sounds like chess is what it sounds <laughs> like. Only a very boring version of chess. Yes. All right. And uh, what do you guys think about the general setting of the game? You mean the timeline? Well, yeah, like five years before Yavin, and pretty much into that that period of time, where uh, we're just like having fun. Well, it it makes uh, I love the fact that it it's almost canon as a game. Yeah, I'm 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 willing to call it a canon piece of expanded universe because it really fits in well to all of the stuff. Okay, there might be some units that don't really make sense, especially on the rebel side. Because they're vehicles that you'd expect once they've overthrown the Empire, not before. But they had to give them something to fight off the Empire, you know. And to especially help out... Uh, well, because you have to cater to two different types of people here when making this game. You have to cater to people who like Star Wars. And you have to cater to people who like real-time strategy games. That's and right. people who are both. Yeah. So, you know. And especially you have to take into account that um, everything has to actually... Uh, work from a balanced perspective. Yes, and uh, I think they, that at that at least they got very very well. Yes, um, I've heard a lot of people complaining that things like the air speeder for the rebels uh, is overpowered. Um, I agree. I the same here because I didn't find it had a lot of firepower against anything but infantry. You know, other vehicles it was long to take down other vehicles. Infantry it did a decent job, but its main function is to take down an adat basically. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it fulfills that function very, very well. Thankfully. It's far from uh, being invincible, at least uh, in the, the matches that I've played. 
Well, as long as the Imperials have an anti-air unit, they're, yeah. they're safe, you know. It's all about having the right unit to throw against whatever the, other, the opponent is throwing at you. That's the core of the game, is yeah. knowing what to throw at the other guy. And uh, what, that, uh, what that actually, I, I find, forces you to do is to think um, from a much more balanced uh, perspective in what you bring to each encounter. Um, for instance, the, some of the first few uh, uh, ground battles that, uh, that I did were quite a revelation because, uh, well, especially in the demo where um, one of the missions involves you going up against a, a, a fortified Imperial installation with several ADAPs. Yes. And I decided to just go and throw like about uh, 12 uh, tanks at it and was promptly humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. you really have, it really forces you to, to think about, okay, I could bring you know, nothing but one particular unit. But then I'm probably, you know, if I win, I'm not going to have much left afterwards. Mm. So you have to think about um, trying to bring as balanced of a force to every single encounter because um, you can't actually see from the galactic map what is on the ground. You have to kind of take a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Rebels, you can do the, uh, the raid missions yeah. uh, where you just send, uh, you know, a small force through. And if you lose them, well, you lose them. It's just like three or four units, that's it. But... Going and having you know like twenty uh, twenty odd units getting completely massacred—that's a, a bit more of a, an expense. So you want to be thinking about um, you know bring a couple of tanks, bring a couple of artillery pieces, and lots of infantry. Yeah. And I think that that is uh, is also another welcome change mm. from the uh, the status quo of real-time strategy games, where every, you know a lot of them have the Uber unit. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. But you did mention like sacrificing a few. Uh a few pawns. Uh, I I actually took a l- tried that. I, I sent I sent a few infantry units uh, just to scout out the 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 map and see what was going to happen. And for some reason, I sent out like three guys, and I received the visit from about a hundred stormtroopers, two ATST. <laughs> well, that told you what was there. <laughs> I have to say, the artificial intelligence is this game. In this game is scary. Far, far from perfect, yeah. obviously, but <laughs> it does have its moments. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, especially for when you're playing units. If you like all the coy little catchphrases from Star Wars, th- this game has a knack for putting the right one in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also, uh, you, I, I totally agree with you on the uh, the AI being very uh, hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some instances where I encountered uh, incredibly simple tactics that just completely destroyed me, like uh, <laughs> uh, having a lot of infantry and all of a sudden one unit of uh, Time Mauler just kind of rolled over the entire contingent. Yeah, and I think for the uh, benefit of our uh, of our um, listeners, we should give a little description of the Time Mauler. And the Time Mauler is this. It's basically the ball of a TIE fighter, but instead of the solar panels on each side, it's got tank tracks. Yeah. And the thing just runs over whatever it can. And it's really fast. Yes. <laughs> and we won't even mention the self-destruct mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the other thing, because uh, the AI uh, very frequently will use the time haulers as uh, first bulldozers, yes. and then just drive right into the middle of your tanks, which it can't, they can't normally hurt very well, and blow up and completely wipe you out. <laughs> Which isn't exactly that complex of a tactic, but, 
but considering that they're churning them out to acid yeah. and you can destroy them, eh, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's pretty effective. Yes, and but it's For the most part, yeah, the AI is, uh, is very, very limited. And that's kind of unfortunate because there's so many other things about the game that, uh, that came off really, really well. Yes. Uh, well, I have to admit that I, um, they're doing something that uh, Electronic Arts did last year with their Battle for Middle-Earth game, which is to have fixed construction points. Mm-hmm. And you basically build out of six options. You can build whatever you need. If you have a lot of infantry and they're, they're stuck against a bunch of vehicles, you can sort of quickly build an anti-vehicle turret. And it doesn't make you win that, skir- that particular engagement, but it will help you s- stave off a bit of the flak until you can bring in more reinforcements. Um, uh, of course, more traditional RTS players will not like that. They prefer the build everywhere option of the game. Well, you know, that's again, that's it's hard to please everybody in those yeah. games. Um, I kind of like this aspect of it because, like you said earlier, it lets you think about what you're going to do with your units instead of thinking of what you're going to build. You mm-hmm. know. And that's one of the things that I liked about games like the Myth series and Ground Control, where it's, it was very much about managing what you have, yes. not uh, thinking, well, I can just go and sacrifice these guys, because i got 50 million more. Mm-hmm. Um, when you really do have limited resources, you need to think about yes. um, how you're going to use them and using them to the best of your ability. And I find that to be a much uh, more accurate representation of one's tactical skill. Yes, and at this point, uh, I think we should mention that by limited resources, we mean that if you're playing in a galactic conquest format, what happens is uh, you have a, galact- uh, a window of the entire galaxy, which is where you build your units, and you build them at different places in the galaxy. So you have, if you have a starship building station around Alderaan, let's say, then th- that's where your, your fighters will come into being. So you ha- if you want to go to Endor, then you're going to have to go through the galaxy, and if there's, perchance, an Imperial-controlled uh, planet on the route, then you're going to have to clear a path. At, uh, you're going to have to battle through your way through that place if there's no other available route to make it to Endor. comes in the x Mauler, which is the X-Wing version of the, of the TIE Mauler. <laughs> Sadly, it so, doesn't uh, exist, but that could have been funny. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, what uh, needs to take into account is the fact that uh, different planets uh, give different benefits. Yes. Some um, uh, for both sides, some for only one side, um, and uh, you know they they play a, a pretty important uh, part in, uh, especially in the later game, controlling a lot of these uh, different sites, things like uh, Kuat and uh, Mon mm. Calamari. Yes. You really need to keep an eye on. Because of the bonuses that they give you. Well, of course, because producing mass-producing star destroyers gets expensive after a while. Yes, <laughs> very fast. <laughs> yes. I want to go into the the gameplay for for a few seconds here because uh, we did mention that you know you could get troops a little bit like that, but we didn't mention like how different the troop uh, the troop getting or actually getting your reinforcement was because when you b- when you actually start you know with a little squirmish you'll have your barracks and your technological uh, uh, buildings. buildings and all that yeah. already and in play that's right and you're you know you're able to go like boost your armor and stuff like that but when you when you when you try and get some few people to come back and like fight with you because there's those like hundred of stormtroopers and two ATST coming at you <laughs> uh you you just like click on your barracks and you go like the usual uh simple 
uh, You're talking Warcraft. Out you of just the play, out of the box play. Here. Yeah, out of the box play. You just like click, 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 and I'm waiting for my troops, but the troops don't come. Yes. Because the thing is that you have to get yourself a reinforcement point yes. and capture it, and then you can call in your troops from outer space. And that's that's very new, and that's something that you have to put into your strategy when you play the game. Well, it's more yeah. in orbit than outer space. Yeah. But it's pretty particularly the same thing. When you're playing on a galactic conquest kind of th- kind of uh, time place, it can be from outer space. Actually, no. If uh, whatever force you bring to a particular planet, yeah. If you come to the planet and there are no, let's say you're playing rebel, yeah. And you come to the planet and there are no orbiting imperial forces then you won't trigger a combat because there's no one to fight. Yeah, but so once you bring your troops down, yeah. that triggers a ground combat, obviously, if there's Imperial troops on the ground. That's it. That being said, you don't come in with your, entri- your entire troop command in play at once because you, you, <laughs> you are limited to a certain amount of population, which is for every control point or spawn point, we can call them, you get uh, to control five units on the map. So okay. the more control points you get, multiplies by five every time. So you know, well, it also it also changes from planet to planet. Some places you can only have up to seven uh, totally uh, units. Uh, some you can have uh, ten. Some you can only have five. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, it fluctuates. Uh, okay. It, it depends on the on the basic like. The, the, on the, the, the tallness of the map. That's well, the demographics of the, the map. The demographics, that's like right. That. How big the map is and all that. And the, it, uh, ultimately it affects the difficulty level of assaulting certain planets. So you have to take that into account when you're building your ground fortress somewhere. Some planets will be harder to invade from orbit than others. Mm-hmm. Um, backtracking a sec, what you were talking about, uh, the, the whole reinforcement point system... And you know, having to bring in, uh, if you have more than um, than the, the number that you can actually have present at any given time, uh, that they're held in reserve. This does, in fact, have a flaw with it, which I really wanted to mention, because it is a source of frustration for uh, a lot of people that I've seen so far. Is that the units? This is uh, far worse in the uh, actual fleet battles uh, yes. than it is on the ground battles. But it is completely random which units actually arrive, because when it's a fleet battle, there's no control points. You have 25 units that you can have, uh, 25 unit points that you can have present, and if you have over that, the rest of them are kept in reserve. But what are chosen, what units are chosen to actually be there Begin the combat, yes, I agree. Completely random, and you cannot send anything away without sending the entire fleet away. What this does is it uh, unfortunately creates a lot of uh, attrition losses. Um, For instance, if you actually had a fully balanced um, armada mm. arrive at a planet and un- it ends up being uh, mostly frigates and fighters, you're going to lose a lot of those fighters before you can actually bring in a capital ship. Yes. And I, I think that's something that they really need to uh, either fix with a patch or with, uh, with an expansion because it is, it's not a game-breaking flaw, but it really does um, detract from the enjoyment of some of the fleet battles. It, it becomes a source of frustration. It does take away from a certain certain opening strategies that people might want to try out. Yes. You know, you, you might want to open up with Y-Wings knowing that there are Star Destroyers in that uh, around that system. So you might send the Y-Wings in first to take out the shield generators and then come in with the cavalry and stuff like that, you know. But uh, again, it also does uh, 
test your uh, your metal, and it's like, well, okay, Obviously. this is what I ended up with. Let's see if I can make it work. Yes, you have to think on your feet in this game, which is what I like the most. It does, however, give it, uh, from, from what I've been uh, gathering from the people uh, who aren't... Um, who, it, well, the reason why this didn't have a very steep learning curve for me is the fact that I, I'm... I played uh, Rebellion, which, as far as the Galactic game is concerned, has a lot, has a lot in common. And I, I, I play more of the real-time strategy games like Ground Control yes. that uh, um, steer away from uh, the traditional uh, real-time strategy thinking. So I'm already used to this particular uh, um, type of uh, strategy game, but I can see how it does have a pretty steep learning curve. There's a lot of things, especially in the Galactic map, that are not... Um, necessarily easy to uh, to pick up. Um, for instance, the eco- economics uh, is really not that transparent. Nope. You can figure out the economics of particular worlds, but for instance, building a factory on uh, a, a mining facility on a planet, it says it gives you a substantial boost, but the boost is completely dependent upon the base income of the planet, and that's not easily shown. You basically have to go through, uh, jump through a bunch of hoops, which really aren't all that easy to find, to figure out exactly how much Kessel gives you, or how much Tatooine gives you. Yeah. And that can play a pretty big, uh, big part in uh, your strategy. It's like, okay, I need more money, therefore I'm going to go after these particular planets. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't, you know, it's not that easy to figure this stuff out. That's and it. so I think that that, uh, you know, being thrown into that with, uh, uh, without the prior experience of uh, games in a similar vein, it, I can see how it would be a little daunting. Actually, I, I find it myself to be somewhat practical for beginners in RTS, because they don't really have to worry about financial troubles. I mean, you're just there, you're just getting your ass kicked by the, um, the nice folks from the Empire... <laughs> and your, your money just keeps on coming. So you're like, hey, I can make more troops now. Click, 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 click. Where are my troops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you forget what planet builds your troops, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But it's it's uh, I th- I think it's a it's one of the good aspects of the game, in, in my honest opinion, that uh, we don't really have to care that much about financial trouble. But I do agree with you that from time to time, it would be much easier to know which planet uh, the income is coming from. And it's it's funny because it's one of the things that's actually dem- demonstrated in the tutorials. Uh, you actually have to send a smuggler to Nalhata in order to get some more money from there. And it's kind of funny because you just get a like a really good boost of money from from sending a, a smuggler over there, uh, but you can't really like there's no actual uh, demographic charts of how much money is coming from here, and that probably should be a uh, something like either inside the little book that came in the uh, in the game uh, in the game box, yeah. or or mm-hmm. just something accessible through the options of the uh, of the gameplay. Yeah. yeah, the lack of transparency of information uh, is a bit of a sticking point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the information is there; it's just very hard to find. It's not intuitive at all how to find it. And, no. Um, for a game that requires that has so much information uh, on under the seat, as the especially the, the galactic map. I think that that's uh, that's a bit of a blow. Well, hey, I couldn't move. I actually couldn't move my my guys for five minutes <laughs> <laughs> well, when actually, I started. So actually, that, and then that's the thing that uh, is good and bad about this game is that there is material for the micromanagers 
in the RTS style games. And there's also the game for the guys who play by the seat of their pants, really, you know, and just go with the flow. Because you, you have the emotional player and you have the intellectual player. And those are very two different types of play. And this game actually provides for both types of players. Well, Rented for the micromanager, it's a bit more work, and it's but that goes with being a micromanager. Yeah. But then I, I guess... You really excel with either of them, but it does a pretty damn good job. Yes. Yeah. But then I guess it's just great for the people who have, like, Intel and AMD processors, because they can go what, with what their machine can actually handle. Microtasking, or just <laughs> taking a whole thing... <laughs> You see, we're not all IT people. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I still had to put one in there. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a lot of IT guys out there just slapping their thighs, you know, but still. <laughs> all right. Um, the, um, the, there's a question that comes from the chat, and I think we, we can actually ask both of you guys. Uh, well, first of all, Sandwich, did you get the collector's box set or just... Okay, and uh, I know Martin, you got it because that's by default. That's all that was left at the store. Yeah, on uh, the day it came out. <laughs> if if you'd had a chance, would you have bought the other one? The question is, is it actually worth the price? Worth what? the extra price for the collector's edition? Not really. No, no, because what you get, aside from a cool CD with a nice, a nifty picture of the Death Star on it, yeah, which I got in the special edition soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's there as well <laughs> Well, aside from that uh, The stuff on the CD Is probably already available For download on the web Like extra maps and screensavers And well, stuff like that Then again, just like the game but Well, the game too, <laughs> but you know It's just uh, Collectors, that's the problem with making Collectors editions yeah. Is that uh, you have to be a collector And I mean a collector To the bone and not ha actually have opened the box. That's it. For it to be worth anything. Yeah. And, I mean, I I got it by default because one of my friends bought it but wanted the game in French. Ah, so, so I got it for a really good price. I got it for 65 bucks total. I hate you. So yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, but you've, you've hated me for a while now. Ah, well. You're trying to kill me with exploding meat. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, folks, stay in after the show. We'll, got, we'll have details. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you back. <laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, going back to the collector's edition thing, yes. uh, I find it lacks something special, you know, like a metal or whatever kind of trinkets that, like a, a keychain. There was a trinket if you pre-ordered it through EB Games. Yeah. Which was the screeching ball of rubber. Yeah, it's... It, 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 I, I pay somebody to take it off my hands at this point. It, it, <laughs> oh, you're stuck <laughs> with it? <laughs> one of those things that you give to, like, your... You know, if you're, if you're one, like, one of the in-laws, it's one of the things you give to, like, the two-year-old that you know because you, you want to piss off their parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this, this little Death Star is. It is designed to piss off parents. That is its only discernible purpose. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a buck for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, the, the extra... I think it was like an extra $12 or, or $13 or something for a disc that has uh, a couple of wallpapers, um, only one of which is actually particularly decent. Yeah, and um, I, yeah. Conceptual art is nice, but that, you know... That only goes so far. That only goes so far. Um, the screensavers, I 
don't know very many people who actually use screensavers. Anymore? No. Um, yeah, same here. Just uses up CPU power. Yeah, and the extra maps, you know, as, you, as you said, are, are available uh, on, on the web. So it's just kind of like, what, what did I just pay the extra money for? <laughs> That's it. And uh, I'm actually looking at the, uh, the press website for LucasArts. And, uh, you know, you can get some very decent screenshots that can make really great and awesome uh, wallpapers. And there's actually a bunch of, uh, of stuff that you can find on the website as well. Yeah. So I got to agree with you. It's a little bit of a deception. I, I would have liked something extra that comes with it without needing to pre-order it. Yeah. I, uh, I also would have liked something extra that did not uh, well, sound like a three-year-old screaming. Yeah, well, actually, some games like uh, what is it, Battle for Middle Earth? When you're playing, if you had bought the collector's edition, this is going to sound corny, but when you were playing in game, all your buildings had a significant a, a, a flag that would designate your buildings as yeah. the guy playing this version of the building has gotten the collector's edition. You know, just like in, I'm referring back to Star Wars Galaxies, we had all those corny shades that we could put on. You know, that <laughs> didn't do anything. You know. <laughs> It's just That's what the massive games like to do. Is to here have a free in-game item. Yeah. Usually something completely and utterly useless. Yeah, yeah. big time. But going back to Star Wars Empire at War, yes. they, they have some eye candy. Oh yeah. To follow up on the whole eye subject here, um, they have this video mode, uh, which you can apparently play with. Uh, that because I I didn't know that. I just like clicked on it and just watched it go. It's yeah, I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> Well, the, uh, the 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 space the space aspect of that video mode I found a little bit uh, a little bit sad because I I saw everything you know from afar and when you're looking at the X-wing going after the Tie Fighters it's just like like fruit flies they're so tiny on a dark background you almost don't see anything except like the the the, the firing going on between each each of them mm-hmm. but it's part of the game but I had a, I had a really good time playing the space uh, the space mode in that game mm-hmm. uh, but Video mode, you can play with it, uh, Martin. Actually, there's like zoom in, zoom out. Pr- not really. Well, the the cinematic mode that we're com- yeah. talking about is basically preset camera moves. Okay. And it won't. It will take into account the first unit. It will do a nice zoom in job of the first unit you the the unit you have targeted at the moment you turn it on. Okay. And that sequence will be fairly interesting. Sometimes you get really nice shots. Other times. Not so much. It's then the random. camera stops, starts jumping around to other areas of the battle that might not be so exciting. Like my one of my ca- cinematic modes was uh, a widescreen shot of an already destroyed turbo laser battery that wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Great wallpaper. Yeah. Or the the uh, the rear shot of uh, of a Y wing as it's um, flying uh, in, in circles because it has nothing to do. Yeah. Although. If wow. you're playing a ground battle and you just called in a bombing run, hit the cinematic mode. <laughs> Darn, you get some really cool shots. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, uh, that one, I have to admit, does look pretty good. But I find that the cinematic mode actually um, works uh, or, or comes off looking better in the space battles than it does in the ground battles. Because in the space battles, generally things are moving a lot, especially with the fighters. Yeah. But with the ground combat, it's basically, okay, I'm... Yeah. Staring at a bunch of uh, if you can get a cinematic, sh- yeah, if you can get a cinematic shot of Admiral Pietz uh, or Captain Pietz, Star Destroyer using his uh, his super weapon beam, whoa! Now that's a cool <laughs> shot. <laughs> 
or just uh, you know seeing I've seen a few uh, pretty good ones where uh, you know like a, a, a couple of a pair of star destroyers uh, uh, use their their tractor beam special ability and just lock down these two uh, uh, assault frigates and nice switching to uh, cinematic mode and watching these these assault frigates literally just getting completely peppered yeah with uh, with you know the turbo laser fire yeah when you have the luxury of zooming into a particular combat in space you can really feel if you can put push your graphics on your computer uh, higher up you can get some real you get a good feel of the violence of this game because when you're playing, you know, zoomed out to get a better sense of the map and the view, of course, it's not as easy, you know, there's so much going on that you have to pay attention to too many things at once to actually might do some really cool picture shots like that. But every now and again, when you feel you have control over the battle, you can zoom in and enjoy the moment, you know. So I'm never going to be able to zoom in? Well, it depends. You know, it's, uh, it's a question of, you know, uh, speaking of zooming in, uh, aside from the cinematic mode, you can use the the if you have a scroll mouse on your uh, on your screen. <laughs> yes. The Death Star is about to blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, webcam fun here. <laughs> um, the um, I was talking about the zoom out. You can actually zoom out using the scroll wheel on your mouse. Yep. To the point where the uh, the HUD or the um, heads-up display or the interface for the game just disappear, dissolves, and you get a really nice bird's-eye view of a wider area of the map. And you have two sort of zoom-out levels. You have a sort of a a times two or a times four. And that's really interesting when you want to get a better sense. Once I was playing on the Genosis map, and this is a canyon-y complicated map to play with and if you've forgotten somebody somewhere it's nice to sort of <laughs> to know where, they're where at. they are because <laughs> the mini map tells you pretty much where your units are but it's basically just a pixel yeah um, and it's, it's it's especially useful when you're using uh, a large number of uh, of air speeders because they're moving around constantly yes and the, uh, and if you want to try and if you didn't uh, remember to uh, assign the entire group to a number. Oh God! <laughs> You're yes. gonna have a lot of fun actually selecting them unless you unless you zoom out. Yes. Because they just move. They're in constant motion as soon as you actually launch them. Yes, they are a hard unit to manage. Yes. <laughs> Proof that pilots are cocky. <laughs> <laughs> um, going uh, going back, back once again to the uh, the whole cinematic mode. Um, well, it well the cinematic uh, stuff itself, I don't think came across as, as well as it could. I do think that um, the entire feel of the game is, they really, really did capture, um, it, it feels more of like a Star Wars game than any other Star Wars strategy game, even the Star Wars strategy mod. And I really, really enjoyed the Homeworld uh, uh, mod that was done way mm-hmm. back in the day, yeah. you know, that, that uh, set everything up as uh, Empire versus Rebels. I really liked that, but this one just feels very, you know, it, it, you are in the world. It's very, very, very immersive. Yes. And so I have to really give kudos for that because they pulled that off spectacularly. Well, for once, it was an engine that was made for Star Wars. Yeah. And not mod, and not an existing engine that was modded to look like Star Wars. So for once, we're getting. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> or Battlegrounds, or Force Commander, or you can yeah. name them. There's a list, you know, and it's scary. But no, for once, you really feel like you're knee-deep in it. And um, it just, 
promises, I, I just hope that Petroglyph has far-sightedness for this game, you know, yeah. that they have ideas. I'm looking at the amount of heroes we get in this version, and there's room for expansion, like it's not funny, folks. Yeah. And I hope there's going to be expansion. I want an Empire Strikes Back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or even going uh, going in the opposite direction, they've got options. As yeah. Well. yeah. Oh, geez. Um, they can go both yeah, goals. I think that I really, really hope that that... Uh, that does happen, and it wouldn't be all that surprising considering the fact that Galactic Battlegrounds really was just a glorified mod, and it still managed to come out with a pretty successful uh, expansion pack. Well, uh, from what I've read on the forums, you know, there are avid players who have tried Empire at War and prefer playing Galactic Battlegrounds. You know, it's different strokes for different folks, but, you know, it has had success. Well, absolutely, and you can't really compare the two of them uh, just like you can't uh, compare, you know, any of the Star Wars strategy games against one another, you can't compare Rebellion with Force Commander or well, with Galactic Battlegrounds with uh, Empire at War. They are all—it's apples and oranges. They're all completely different styles. Of yes. Strategy. Well, I remember somebody was criticizing Empire at War on the forums for uh, going ahead too fast. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what the real that's the bread and butter of a real-time strategy. It's real-time strategy. And he was commenting that Rebellion was more fun because it was a turn-based game. Well, yes, it's a turn-based game. <laughs> that hence lies the difference, you know. And I, I have to admit that I am a turn-based strategy nut, so I would, have, I would not have complained mm-hmm. if uh, Empire at War were uh, a little bit more like a turn-based game. Okay. But, you know, it... it it pulls off the illusion of well, being turn-based relatively well. Yes. Well, actually, it's a game that provides what it says it's going to provide. Exactly. For once. <laughs> you know. Uh, even not even it not uh, it being a Star Wars game notwithstanding, you know. Like, so many games out there come out pro- selling themselves as this or that, and they fall short by so many parsecs, you know, that it's not funny. And really, uh, thinking back to when I uh, when I first uh, saw any of the screenshots and heard about this game, yeah. my first instinct was, "Wow, that is really ambitious." Yeah, same here. I had exactly the same reaction, and I went, "Oh God, not another one." <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, that's a, that's a, that's the thing. I remember the exact same reaction when I heard about Rebellion, and you know, there was so much disappointment with the fact that it's like you know saying. Uh, great big galactic uh, span- galaxy spanning uh, conquest, you know, uh, involves yeah. fleet battles and taking over planets and, and intrigue and all this. No. And you know, that game fell it, short it, it by a long, a long shot. Yeah, it, it didn't didn't hit any of those things. No. Whereas, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They really did not try and uh, sugarcoat any or, or uh, pull the wool over our eyes with any of the things in Empire War. Mm. It's all right there. There's, you know, there's fleet battles, there's ground battles, and there's, you know, galaxy-spanning strategy where you have to figure out how to run your empire. And they pulled it off. Yep. Especially the uh, the, the entire uh, control of the, the, the galaxy map. Yes. They pulled that off spectacularly. Yes. I have to admit, yes, they did. Uh, uh, you, you, you get a feel that they sat down and, you know, pulled their sleeves up and just got down to work and came up with something really, really decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is X-Wing and TIE Fighter type game. Back to the old classics, you know. Yeah, somewhat. It, it has the feel that X-Wing and TIE Fighter gave us. That, 
I, granted, those two were shooters. Yeah. But or simulators, I should say. But still, you get that feel that you're in Star Wars. Absolutely. You're, you're in the environment and you're enjoying it fully and completely. And it really has been a while since there's been uh, a game that uh, a Star Wars game that has managed to do that. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I've given them a chance. I've defended some of them. Uh, to my dismay, but they let me down, so I'm not defending him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the only big drawback I have with this game, uh, and it doesn't necessarily has anything to do with the game itself, is the fact that if you want to play multiplayer, you sort of have to go through File Planet. Yeah. Uh, which is a big bummer, because then you have to endure the sexist, homophobic, racist <laughs> 16-year-olds who jerk off on naked pictures of Padme. Which I stopped playing Counter-Strike to get away from. Yes, same here. <laughs> you have to go through all of that to sort of, you know, make sure that you... Uh, to find some players out there. And I swear, some guys just love spamming the word KKK over and over and over and over again for like six hours on the main chat file. And I have to, just, just, just as a complete uh, non-sequitur, if you can't actually spell the word gay, you don't get to use it as an insult. No, I admit, it's kind of right there. So it's just, it's mind-boggling, and it's sort of scary to see that generation come up behind us. You know, anyways, <laughs> we're not going to get into dem social demographics here, but that's Especially if they can't spell the word gay, yeah. and they're coming from behind you, uh, and you well. might want to be wary about it. <laughs> closer, can you, can you smack him for me, please? Uh, well, there is this 10-pound weight on the table. Once we're done with the phone microphone, I'll toss it at him. No. Excellent. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she has, oh, she has the best thing ever. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's not it. <laughs> the, the return of the Battle of the Elastics. Did you see on, on Audrey has a catheter here, so we might try and use <laughs> that. that. No! <laughs> <laughs> Don't give him ideas! <laughs> but no, if you already have uh, a friend list through File Planet, or that, like if you have friends, like it'll take you about 10 minutes to endure all that crap, create a friends list, and then you can ignore everything else, you know. But before that, you're going to have to go through that crazy hassle and sort of like please people, just try and. The, well, there's one, the one good thing. We do have eyelids, you know. If we had to hear what they're typing, it would be far, far worse. Oh, my God. No, no, we've just gotten samples of lubricating jelly here, so we're like... A.K.A. K.Y. for the regular people. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sandwich, should I bring you some for, th for this year, T-Trek? Why not? <laughs> Why not? And the 10-pound weight. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. That, uh, that is an unfortunate trend, growing trend, with a lot of, uh, uh, especially a lot of strategy games. If yeah. you don't actually have something like, uh, if, it, if it's not something made by Blizzard, mm -hmm. where they, have, they already have Battle.net uh, in place, yeah, um, yeah they... Yeah, GameSpy basically tries to swallow them up and say, "Hey, you want to be able to play over the internet? Yeah. Let's use our proprietary software." Mm. I don't, I don't like seeing that either. I think, no. that, I think that's really annoying. Now, the funny thing is, and this is where it gets really odd, is that uh, I don't know about, I, I don't know all the corporate minglings, but the the computer does come with a, a software called Xpire, and I guess that's, uh, but because I don't find it really intelligent because this is the kind of fi uh, software that does exactly what um, GameSpy does. Yeah. 
but is it a is it competition? Is it like a partnership? I don't know. The, this perfect. is weird, you know. <laughs> the game forces you to go through some software while still letting you install another software. Is this like, oh god, we get the latex gloves too? <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, this is turning into an episode of ER. <laughs> please be serious. <laughs> it's like, can we please be serious? All right, apparently not. Anyways, back on track. No, uh, that's the one big drawback of the game. Hopefully, the community will take control of creating maps and mods and stuff like that so we can get to play in the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and knowing the fan, uh, anybody who's been on the Lucasfile website, uh, th- those people are busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, although I'm, I'd be far more interested in seeing uh, more player-created uh, uh, campaign scenarios. Admittedly, yes. Than, uh, than seeing more uh, more skirmish maps and such. Admittedly, because that's where the bread and butter of this game is, Absolutely. is in the uh, campaign format. Absolutely. And I, I was uh, pretty happy to see that uh, that they really did put a, a good amount of thought into the, um, the smaller campaign uh, modes. For instance, today I was playing uh, uh, one of the smallest ones um, where you start out at tech uh, level three, and there's about eight planets. That's it. Yeah. And it's pretty damn hard because every single one of those planets is very well entrenched. Oh yes. <laughs> All, already is you know. Yeah, they're already hard to take down. So Sorry, I'm getting bombarded by mental images here. You, you never want to do a live radio show with two <laughs> nurses in the house. <laughs> oh, did we fail to mention that the two women in the studio are nurses? I think I'm very glad that the webcam is not showing anything of that. <laughs> like I said, there's an after show to this one, so you might want to stay back. You might want to stay tuned after the show. <laughs> I may regret this later. Ah, oh, I regret already a many uh, things. Sandwich? Listen to our first radio show at the, uh, what is it, SFX? Oh, two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, listen to that and see what a drunk Wookiee can do. Yeah. Wow, the mental pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before this goes really out of end. <laughs> this from a guy wearing rubber gloves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll. Um, <laughs> How can we conclude this? <laughs> I just don't know anymore. <laughs> Very delicately. General, uh, general sentiments and, and overall impressions of yeah. the game. Yes. Uh, well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight ahead with uh, since both of you are are talking to us, I'm gonna read the eCasters comments from uh, the website, and you can comment on that. Uh, full thoughts: the gameplay, Empire at War, uh, was made by Petroglyph. Uh, the guy that made Come and Conquerors Generals and uses the CNC engine. Uh, I have no real problems with the space gameplay at some times. It can be fun and strategic. My boring and straightforward and at some time repetitive, sometimes I found myself failing the same mission over and over again until I got frustrated and just quit. The amount of planets and maps are very nice, however. In terms of graphics, uh, as I stated before, Empire War uses the Command and Conquer General engine. Uh, even at high quality, some objects, units, vehicles, building, 
look like blocks on top of each other, just like CNC, the environment has great details. I found that at some times the graphic lagged in big urban maps and when dropships brings reinforcements, I have a very semi-high quality video card, an ATI Radeon 9600 Pro designed for gaming. Uh, you know what? I got a 7500 on, on my laptop and I have no problem at all. So there's, there's bound to be some, something. Well, I can um, I can concur on there occasionally being some uh, lock up and slow down uh, issues in, in some of the maps. It, it, I've actually found them to be completely random, and you know, it wasn't even when there was a massive number of units uh, in, in play. It was just sort of in the middle of uh, a couple of space battles, just suddenly started uh, giving the jaggies and uh, slowing to a crawl. Um, it corrected itself uh, after a couple of minutes, but yeah. It's uh, it's in there, and it's you know it's pretty annoying when it happens, but happens with any level of regularity. All right. Uh, the online playing g- gameplay, uh, like the LucasArts game before it, Battlefield 2, uh, Empire at War uses a GameSpy online server. It's a nice interface, interface, but at some that <laughs> sometimes can be buggy. There are reports at the LucasArts message boards that sometimes it does freeze <laughs> because the game to crash during an online game. <laughs> Stop poking me with the catheter. <laughs> <laughs> but your catheter is bigger than his catheter. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Wookiee catheter. <laughs> it's a Wookiee, what do you expect? No, I didn't. Seth, that. make the Wookiee thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, this is really getting out of... Ow, that must, that must, that must really... Okay, you know what's really scary, though? <laughs> wait, the fact wait. that the six year, the five-year-olds your children are, what, four, uh, three? Four and seven. They're, They're behaving. They're behaving. Angels, <laughs> yeah. and we're, like, losing it. We're totally lo- Sandwich, you're never coming on the show again. <laughs> so, okay, let me start again. In the online gaming, like the LucasArts game before Battlefield 2, Empire War uses a GameSpy online server. Uh, it's a nice interface, interface but at some time can be buggy. Uh, there are reports that LucasArts message boards uh, that it sometimes does freeze or because the game crashes during an online game. It's, it's supposed to be normal at some points. Other than that, I played a few, uh, a few games with some friends on the very popular video game chat client X-Fire. The game time skirmish are very w- well done and remind me of my old days of playing CNC and StarCraft. So, you know what? I, I just think that the online aspects of that should be, you know, referring to the player and we should be able to host our own uh, servers. That, that'd be really, really nice. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. I am, I am going to take this instant, though, to mention that Ikastra and, uh, and Noel will be uh, playing for after a game. So you can uh, you can just add Ecastra eleven thirty eight on Xfire and uh, they'll they'll get a game going. So just uh, just just for, for for food for thought, if you'd like to play with someone who's been playing for a week and have an idea, and maybe mm-hmm. it'll give you a chance. Okay. Well, actually, uh, on Sith Clan, we've been trying to put yep. together some sort of league playable. Everybody's schedule is kind of weird, but keep your eyes on the forums for Star Wars on Direct, and if something happens, we'll post it. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, there are a few... Uh, the system specs for that game are really in, really aren't that high com- in comparison to a lot of the other games that came out recently. Which is refreshing from LucasArts material. Very refreshing, and kudos to, 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 to those guys, because honestly, one of my friends has a P3 900 megahertz with 512 megs of RAM, and he can play the game. No, it's a very forgiving game. 
Yes. So yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm really you, happy when about you can that. push it up a notch, put, do it, because I, I swear, seeing a Star Destroyer breaking into pieces and seeing the atmosphere just bleed out of the ship is really nice. <laughs> yeah, they did. They definitely pulled out the stops, especially in, uh, in, in the space combat, where you, when a component on a capital ship is destroyed, you literally see it being blown off. I was very and it impressed. lingers. Like, a Star Destroyer will linger there at some point. I was scrolling the map in a space combat, and I, I see, uh, like, I, I go to a skirmish after having destroyed a Star Destroyer, and I scroll back, and I see, what? That thing's still there? I thought I destroyed it. And for a second, I thought it was back, you know, but no, it was <laughs> just, just drifting. Okay. Know, but it was still there. So, mind you, probably in lower graphics settings, the, 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 the computer, the game erases stuff so that it can calculate faster, but, you know, it depends. But the fact that you can still run the game is, is good. Yeah, if you can play the game, who cares, you know? Uh, yeah, yes, graphics are an added bonus, but if you can just sit down and enjoy it, that's something, you know. Yeah. Um, so, is basic is basic general comments on the, on the game is that, in the end, it's something that costs 75 bucks at most local Canadian stores, so probably around 65 US mm-hmm. in the States for the, the, the collector's edition box mm-hmm. set. Yeah. And it's not that much worth it. Uh, the campaign mode is is okay upon himself, but he didn't actually get get a chance to play. Sandwich, you played campaign. Mm-hmm. How how interesting is it? Um, well, it depends on what you're going in there for. Uh, if you if you're one of the people like me that uh, is is pretty meticulous with the strategy, uh, you know the, the, the long strategy like that, um, then there's you know it, it can last you uh, a good eight hours. You just go in, you know, in between missions, take over every single planet that you can, because um, between, with the case of most missions, except for the last couple, there is no time limit. There's there's no sense of urgency, um, and after each mission, or uh, in some cases, uh, they don't open up more. But most of the missions, after you've completed them, uh, another group of planets is opened up uh, to you to be able to be uh, to travel to. Initially, you start out with only uh, able to reach a few planets. And as you, know, as you go through the missions, you gain access to a larger chunk of the galactic map. And the missions for the Rebels are pretty, uh, you know, are pretty cool. Um, my personal favorite is one where you have to take uh, Han and Chewie through uh, uh, the middle of Karita by themselves to destroy uh, an Imperial installation. And, uh, That's pretty ballsy. It, it harkens back to uh, you know some of the, the, the situations like in uh, Red Alert when you're running around with just Tanya. Yeah. And you know you just have to complete the mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, it, it involves it a lot of sneaking around. It involves a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the missions are, are really uh, interesting. Some of them are kind of moderately okay. But uh, overall, I thought that it was uh, a lot of fun. But personally, I had a lot more fun. With uh, the smaller uh, the, the smaller campaigns, um, simply because you can the, it, it, when you get to the stage um, later in the game where both sides are pretty well established, um, it starts to drag a little. Yeah. Overall, I found that uh, the campaign settings were at their best mm-hmm. when it was something small, and the intensity of the early game is uh, maximized. Yes. Any uh, any comments on the Death Star itself? Scary. Oh really? Because I haven't g- I haven't actually had the opportunity to push the campaign forward this week, 
So I haven't actually tried it out yet. And in skirmish mode, I don't believe it's something you can build it. No. Uh, which um, would be kind of ludicrous, but... It's actually not as... Uh, typically, it's not going to be as... Uh, a game-ender. A game-breaker. It's, de- it's definitely pretty hard to make into a game-breaker. Okay. Because really, the only way that it can be uh, destroyed is with uh, Luke and Red Squad. Yeah. They can only be one place, you know, at any given time. Which and is the only way you can have access to the hero version of Luke, really, which is the Red Squad. You can only get your hands you can only get your hands on Luke through Red Squadron. Yeah. He's not it. available as a ground character. You get Red Squadron. Yeah. Um, outside of the uh, the main campaign, mm-hmm. um, where he's given to you at a after completing a particular mission, mm-hmm. is if you uh, continue to use uh, 3PO and, uh, and R2 to steal technology to raise your technology level up mm-hmm. um, to the highest level. Yeah. Until then, you don't get them. No. So okay. if you haven't actually met, if you've been been uh, up against the wall for most of the game, yeah. Um, and have not had the credits to be able to increase your tech level all the way up to the top, mm-hmm. you're screwed. Uh oh. There is nothing you can do. No amount of uh, firepower other than Luke will uh, destroy the Death Star. So a big hint for those who are beginning is to get your tech levels up as best as you can? Absolutely. Okay. So get it up and keep it up, folks. <laughs> Did you hear that, Sebastian? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you don't want to know. <laughs> I'll see you in July. <laughs> you will. It's phasers at noon at T-Trek this summer. attack. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, um, it's it's not uh, it's not usually going to be as much of a game breaker because it does have the equalizer most of the time mm-hmm. of uh, um, a red squad. Yeah. What it ends up being is a game of cat and mouse. Yes. It it, you, it, it gets used as a feint. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've noticed. Well, it's a propaganda okay, weapon. Death Star over here. But they're going to send this really large fleet to these two planets over here, Mm -hmm. so they have to pick and choose. Well, I I think, by definition, the Death Star is a propaganda weapon to to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every time you use it, you put it at risk. Absolutely. So, of being discovered, of being broken, of being destroyed. So, you know, that's why you don't use those things gratuitously. Yeah. Although it is a very big hammer. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I have to agree on you with you on that one. <laughs> and I remember playing the demo, and somebody had modded the demo, and so that you could be able to play all the units because people couldn't wait for the stuff to come out. And I had downloaded this mod and I had installed it. And the game starts. You're in campaign mode, and the first thing I see is the Death Star coming my way, and I'm like, "Well, this is fun." <laughs> Thankfully, there was a bug in the mod, and it, if there was a, an opposing fleet at a system, then it wouldn't trigger. It wouldn't uh, activate. Ah. So, thankfully for that. But the weird part is that the rebels could b- build their own Death Star, so it's like, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was a mod, you know, so mods do tend to be freaky. Yep. <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> All right. So, skirmish mode. That's skirmish, by the way. Skirmish mode. You might squirm when you skirmish, but it's still skirmish mode. And we don't need to know that you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Tag team, man. You don't like sharing that? That's fine, but we really don't need to know that. Okay, sandwich. I never met you, but high five. 
<laughs> you better be at that ashtray in April. <laughs> hey, I'll back you up. <laughs> you what? Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, skirmish mode. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. On the radio, you're hearing it first. Yes. yes. Skirmish mode. <laughs> skirmish mode. I actually, as I, as I said before, I, I am less impressed with it than I am with the campaign setting. I feel that it was, it was, it was like uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of games where they're kind of like, well, we really have to have some kind of multiplayer component. Let's just throw this in. I thought that it was, it, it, it smacks of um, uh, pandering to the uh, more traditional uh, RTS fans, which is kind of silly considering the fact that if you're a traditional RTS fan, you're probably not going to like most of the game anyway. Indeed. <laughs> Sorry, goofing off here. Um, what your thoughts are, your opinions are important to us, Sandwich. Don't worry. It's just I Sandwich. Think yes. We okay. lost them. We lost them. <laughs> Sorry. There was a moment there. I, I was scared. I lost you. You can't get rid of me. You know that. <laughs> How do you, no, no amount of exploding meatballs will get rid of me. Oh, God, I need the details of that one. <laughs> I'll tell them about the flying carrots first. Oh, weapon proficiency. I know about that one. <laughs> so, uh, we've been over the campaign mode. We've been over skirmish. Uh, do you think... Wh- what's your general opinion in order like, for people to just get into the game? Do you think people who buy it off the shelf can actually go into the game as is and just find out the, the controls and enjoy the play, or that you highly recommend, personally, that's what I do, that they go through the tutorial first. Definitely go through the tutorial. It mm. does have, uh, in my opinion, it has a pretty, uh, a pretty steep learning curve. It's not the easiest game to get into, but I feel that it's very, very worth the little bit of extra effort. Um, just like uh, one of my other favorite strategy series, which is the Total War series, they're not easy games to get into either. There's a hell of a lot going on under the hood that takes a while to figure out, but once you do, it is phenomenally worth it. And I, see, I feel that's very much the same thing here. Mm. Yes, and not not only that, but um, the tutorials are done in a way that sort of sets up the whole storyline. Yeah, I was impressed with that. So it's kind of interesting to actually play through them if you like to have seen and read and listened to just about everything that Star Wars out there. If you just like to brag about having seen, heard, and everything, then go through the tutorials. But I don't need to tell you that. You're already going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have to say myself that it is a game that... If you're going to... If you're interested about this game but are on a budget, give it maybe six or seven months. Okay. It might drop by 20, 30 bucks. Who knows? It depends on the success of it. If it keeps going strong, like Battlefront... uh, Battlefront is still the same selling price after, like... What six months, seven months now? It's been about six months. Yeah. So I, you know, I, you don't know. Yeah, just wait. If you're on a budget, you know, give it a give it a while. Uh, I know it's been a dry season in Star Wars computer games, uh, but uh, again, if you're patient enough to wait for it, give it a few months. It might drop in price, and it's going to be well worth your forty or fifty dollars after tax to enjoy it. You know, and if you can get a deal on it, you know. <laughs> All yeah, the more power to you. Just the bet, just the better. Um, uh, sandwich. Do you believe people should wait, or should they go buy it right now? 
Honestly, I don't see this as a, a game that's going to drop in price uh, uh, appreciably anytime soon. Mm. Um, that's the problem. I certainly hope, personally, as a, as a fan of the game, I hope it doesn't because that would be indicative of something negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'd rather that. Uh, and I, 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 I grow tired of seeing you know uh, really really great games, things like the Nolan Lives Forever series, where they're critically acclaimed and nobody buys them. Mm. Um, I'd really rather see you know great games actually get the recognition that they deserve, and I think that this is this is one of them here that you know it, it's it's got it's uh, it, its armor isn't all that shiny, but you know it's it's still got to, got a lot of good stuff in there, and I feel that that is worth a look for people. I don't think uh, that waiting around for a couple of months is going to mm-hmm. is going to change much. So if you've got the money, go and get yeah. it. It's worth it. Yeah. Well, and it's on the fence, you know. Star Wars' best material is when it's not shiny. So. <laughs> Definitely. I, I imagine that's a good defense, you know. We like it when things are flawed a little. And since you're the Wookiee Mart, it's the Wookiee defense. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I won't make jokes anymore. Okay. I, I just didn't get it, sorry. <laughs> South Park reference. I don't watch South Park, so... You don't miss nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'm being able to mime... Look at the monkey. <laughs> oh. I can't... It's, it's a visual joke, you know? Radio... And it's actually for people who think a lot, because it's a, it's a real-time strategy-based game, mm-hmm. but it's like, in terms of strategy, I haven't seen something that strategically placed and hard to play in a long time. I mean, in all honesty, that uh, Empire at War and Warcraft, strategy-wise, Warcraft is absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. You can play it with your eyes closed. Yeah. So, honestly, just like Sandwich, I'm going to say, if you're in a budget, just like you say, maybe wait a few months, but just put the money aside because I don't see that mm-hmm. that, that game going down in price no. and it's definitely worth playing yep. and you don't need to have uh, an incredible machine to play with yep. so it it it's not batting 500 but it's close yeah you know. yeah and you but can it's got it's uh, it's got it's flaws but I, I feel that most of those can either be rectified with a patch yes. um, or simply be improved upon with an expansion which yep. Yep. you know fingers crossed big time it will happen, guys. I'm sure it will happen. All right. So, well, I don't know, maybe do the usual thing of on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. What about you, Sandwich? 1 to 10. I'd say it's... A, I, I, I give it an 8. Okay. 8? I give it a strong 7.5, maybe 8 too. I'm, a, I'm still at 7.5, uh, just because I found it was a little hard to actually get into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after going at through that evening of going through the tutorial mm-hmm. then you can fairly go easily into it and mm-hmm. have a lot of fun in, into playing it so I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay at 7.5 and I'm going to wait for the expansions to come out or the player mods and stuff like that yeah because I have to admit that some of the players out there do some fantastic work hey some, some of those guys should work at LucasArts <laughs> <laughs> well I think they hired a few <laughs> over the years <laughs> <laughs> alright hopefully well, they did yeah well I'll, thank even, I'll even uh, go a step further and give uh uh, a recommendation that if you do enjoy Empire at War and specifically the uh, uh, the part of your brain that this particular flavor of strategy game uh, stimulates, I'd, I'd recommend going and checking out uh, um, some of the Total War games like Rome Total War because it, it's it's very similar uh, in in you know how you how you approach uh, the strategy of it. 
Be warned, however, there are a hell of a lot more units to control. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And when I mean a hell of a lot, I mean a hell of a lot. Yes. In fact. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for coming uh, to the show, Sandwich. Hey, anytime. And, uh, yeah, we'll think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least next time you come, there won't be two nurses around. Oh, <laughs> fun. With all sort of weird... I swear we're getting a little equipment. with a catheter now, by the way. What? Whoever was back there poking at you with a catheter, please feel free to continue. Uh, well, actually, you know what? This one looks used. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. This is just wrong. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> No, no, no. It's still in the wrapping. It's just old wrapping is all. All right. <coughs> well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for coming, Sandwich. And uh, we'll, yeah, definitely, we'll definitely have to talk to you uh, some other time. Okay. Take care, <laughs> man. Bye. Right, take care. So. Well, that go. was entertaining. It's, it's always when you're here, but it's like when you and him... Put together, yeah, I know. That's all hell breaking loose. Yeah, what do you? That's and why I'm he's g- in Toronto, I'm and I'm skip, here. I'm gonna skip the flying carrots, the exploding meatballs, and the exploding. Are we exploding, exploding meatballs or mead bottle bottles? Mead bottles. Mead bottles. Mead bottles. Yes. Interesting. Well, yeah, it's it, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're pretty much wrapped up the old Empire at War thing. <laughs> yeah, go and buy it, folks. It's fun. It's definitely fun. Uh, there's uh, James, who's telling me that I have to remind everyone that it's Pancake Tuesday this week, and uh, you must eat pancakes with sugar and lemon or chocolate or vanilla ice cream, whatever, as you like them. But just eat mm-hmm. pancakes. Maple syrup. Well, he's in Ireland. I know. We have to ship maple syrup worldwide. We have to promote maple syrup. We're stockpiling it <laughs> for our maple syrup super weapon. I wonder how. <laughs> I, w- I will we can unleash. And hit a pancake two continents away. <laughs> I will unleash the power of the poutine with maple syrup. Oh, in it. God. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, and they just got around to turning McDonald's around on healthy food, and here you come with this crap. <laughs> <laughs> maple syrup poutine. Aye. <laughs> Not juicy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, if, if you want to try out uh, Empire at War tonight, you just bought it and you want to try the uh, skirmish mode or multi- multiplayer online mode, feel free to uh, go to Star Wars on Direct forums. Uh, Ikashra1138 on X-Fire will be there as well tonight, so feel free to go there. But uh, this week, all, all the rest of the week, you can uh, pretty much like for, for the next yeah. few months. Keep an eye on the forums, uh, Keep an eye on the especially in the general discussion, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, we'll try and have something up for you. Well, definitely. Depending we'll on how much of a life I have, still. I'll talk to the folks at LucasArts and I'll ask them how I can host, like, I, how I can create myself a, uh, a nice little server and I'll just host it in my room. And yeah, but we're, it. it's probably void in this province, you know. Yeah, because this is French Canada. Yeah, you know, and Vermont and all those Maryland other places. Ireland and, <laughs> you know, North Dakota, <laughs> Puerto Rico. No wonder they have poor bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, you tell me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, 
thank you very much for everyone who's been with here, who's been with us tonight. Uh, Audrey, who's in the chat with us right now? In the chat, right? Still, who, who's still in the chat? <laughs> yeah, who haven't, who haven't we killed yet? <laughs> um, Either by laugh or whatever else, <laughs> or grossed out. <laughs> well, there's Admiral, there's Koki171, there's the host, there's Decastra, Gambler, myself, uh, Kit Bisto, Lunatic, Amethab. Sad Max, Sandwich Boy, Simon Kenobi, Skylover, Snakes, Tiger Claw, and Toddy. That's great. And she's laughing and we're not even like poking her with a capture or anything. No, no, no. Those people are brave beyond belief. You still don't know what's in this other bag. Yeah, oh. I'm afraid. I'm very yeah, afraid. Yeah, people, just so you know, I think me and Seb are getting a course in first aid. Well, or no, something. that's only if you survive it because that's a body bag. That's a body bag? It's a body bag. Sweet. Damn, it's see-through. It's a body bag. Oh, that's so nice. Hey, Seb, it's just for you. It's extra large. Uh, oh. That, or that was uncalled for. That well, I, actually, I, re- I, I correct myself. It might be for both of us. <gasps> hey, yeah, you, who, who wanted one-on-one action? It'll hey. be in the bag. <laughs> It'll be in the bag and live on the cam. Oh, live God. on the cam. So... I hope, Marjorie, you're still listening and you're still watching the webcam. (laughs) (laughs) And for all of you still listening to us out there, I want to mention that the next show is going to be on Sunday, March 5th, and that we're going to have Karen Travis back on the show. Really? She's going to talk about Triple Zero that just came out, that will be coming out this Tuesday. Well, she must be pretty excited about that. I think I'm going to skip work on Tuesday. I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to go read it all, all day long. Okay, Kit is being goofy again. Yeah. He's not here. He's 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 missing on the on all the action. <laughs> oh, he must be so jealous now. Yeah. All right. So of course, if you've got any comments about this show and anything that happened while it was aired or broadcast, or that you're listening to the podcast and you'd like to make some suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. As you can see, we're still having a, a lot of fun, and we're going to have a lot of fun after the show. Oh yeah, yeah. We There's a sponge bath uh, apparently to, afterwards. We have to put a disclaimer up. That none of the actual Star Wars on direct cast were harmed during the production of this show. In All any that way. has yet to be proved. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this show is still not over. <laughs> I swear, people. You people well. might want to stay afterwards. <laughs> we might not be broadcasting, but the webcam might. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, uh, you can always leave messages on our blog on StarWars.com, or you can leave uh, any messages you like in our message boards by going to our website and uh, just uh, just having fun over there. All right. Uh, to become a partner or a sponsor, you have to send an email to info at com with all the information that you see fit to provide me with in order to see if uh, you'd make a good partner or not. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Uh, and that means not like just turning around yourself and talking Star Wars on the rec because people just might think we drove you crazy. So, you know, Which is a great possibility after the <laughs> show. <laughs> 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 we got to keep you off the air. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Word to mouth is, after all, the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. Add our URL to your message board signatures. Go vote for us on Podcast Alley once a month, and the end of this month is coming pretty pretty soon. So go vote for us on Tuesday after you bought your latest Triple Zero book by Karen Travis. And... Um, I want to say uh, hi to Eskimo, who bought two t-shirts. 
of Star Wars on Direct on our Cafe Press shop. So he's got both the Ride the Jedi and Execute Order 69 t-shirt. Oh, God, I saw that just today. I'm so like, what? Oh, my. Thank you for spreading the word. <laughs> of course, if you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is, after all, the best policy we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. Add our URL to your message board signatures. Go vote for us on Podcast Tally once a month because it's, it's very important. I'm just repeating myself here. Yeah. We'd like... I'm so disturbed by all the equipment. Because I brought a friend to the show and see what happened. Yeah, it's a two-nurse, <laughs> one Wookiee, two Ewoks, and a part one sandwich boy. I just can't take it. That's too much for me. <laughs> and a thermal det- detonator down uh, the pants. Poor, poor Brian here <laughs> adding his two cents worth. Yeah, yeah which must be pretty... Setting us off on another tangent. Oh, oh my God. Right. You guys have no idea. Well, thank you very much to our sponsors, FederationToys.com. Sitclan.net and of course simple-net.ca for hosting this wonderful show every week. Sci-Fi Podcast Network, which can be found at tsfpn.com. Thank you to our partners in the bloodonline.com, the Star Wars Aficionados, PlanetFandom.com, hail to the fanboys and girls, where you can also find furryconflict.com, Trek Wars the Furry Conflict Ultra Drama, and Silent Universe. Anakin and his angel.com, nerf-urdu-anonymous.net, the largest collection of Star Wars references and actors. Millennium Falcon, Galactic Hunter, who are still keeping collectors on target, T-Bone Star Wars Universe, the Galactic Senate message boards, and StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio, which can all be found over at StarWarsWithZ.com. All these links to all these great folks, they're all available to our website at www.swendirect.com. Now, I'm supposed to say something here. Good night, folks. I'm very, very scared to go off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's my cue. (laughs) Bye. But Marjorie, this one will be for you. Uh Uh-oh. So for all the crew here at Star Wars on Direct, this is Sebastian saying see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Sure to visit www.swandirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs.